I don't have any way to set up the stream ahead of time with Zoom. I or until I start using that OBS stuff, it just like I have to stream it so then I can get the link and then I can put it out on Twitter, you know? Once mm -hmm. I right. know exactly where it's going. I'm hearing a lot of people having trouble with that. You know, uh, Jay Kaylee talked about that today, with him having problems syncing that 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 particular platform and everything. I'm not yeah. got my hand yet, but I want to look into it. Will we, uh, probably knows how to use. It. You know, Will he knows everything. Now I've got Streamlabs OBS, and it's cool because it's like what Adam and I used to use, like where you could set up the TV channels and stuff like the TVs and like put our faces in the screens and just do like cool fun right. stuff like that had the little subscribe thing pop out to the left and uh all of that trash but the thing is is like it um I, I haven't figured out how to make it work with zoom when it's switching us out you know like switching to different camera angles i don't i don't know it's weird it, uh, I, I just gotta i gotta figure yeah, it out. i thought that was cool the the edits on the uh i was watching a little bit of the, the weekly oh yeah thanks oh yeah like switching out from the full view to the single view that was pretty cool yeah well it started out accident because i had us in grid view like i do right now and then i was like what's different and i'm like oh yeah we're not switching and then i was like this has got to fun actually i'll just switch this out every once in a while <laughs> i thought i was doing it clever sometimes but sometimes i do it when will was like cleaning his glasses or robert <laughs> was like munching on something i was gonna say i think rob rob was actually yawning at one point <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm so i'm so glad someone finally posted the picture today and now it's becoming like a meme just tyson yawning in the corner holding the tnt oh, yeah I'm cleaning my glasses right now because and we're all the uh, grid view right now so it's perfect it's perfect man i'll pick my nose while i'm at it yeah, well, that's that's my problem. Is I'll like wipe my damn nose or something. Throw back that whiskey. You got I, it. Uh, I had the whiskey to the side here, but uh, I, was I just want to make it. sure you had it. You said, hey, you said during the uh, during the council meeting that uh, Jennifer Horn only lets you have one purse. So I'm like, man, you better be pre gaming then. I'd be pre gaming like a mug before. <laughs> I stuck a beer up here too, so. But um, <laughs> well, she's probably watching, so I'd be careful what you say. A couple of. I got a couple of seltzers, man, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of that quarantine, quarantine 15, you know. I hear you. I'm trying to make myself not so blurry. Hopefully that worked. This is exciting TV for uh, anybody just tuning in. This is oh, I'm the here. Good stuff. It's just me and wrestling with the MMA. Wrestling with the MMA, up, my brother? man. I love that guy. I love that I do guy. too, man. He's one of my faves. That uh, that doggone video he put out a, a, a few weeks ago and it's gone through several modifications of the uh, Simply Resistance, man. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. intense. Like it was intense. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back off of this. <laughs> this whole I stand with all this thing. <laughs> I uh. <laughs> Wrestle with the MMA, I do not have a campaign slogan for mayor. I, I like outside looking in. We're going to talk about, though, I think. I don't think anybody will care if we talk about that a little bit. And poor Will here, uh, 
Will McCartan is just a uh, citizen. I just feel so so like, uh, just, you know, not like taken for granted right now. Like I didn't get to come to the meeting. They spelled my name wrong. There there are still, there are still spots. There are like three or four spots available. If you can talk to Natalia, if we can talk to her on your behalf, uh, we do have a council member here in with us, the mass fans in the chat already, but, uh, there's still some slots available, and he even said he might open up one more to make it an odd uh, number of votes. So talk to her about it and see, uh, and see uh, what she says. If we need to talk to her. Well, we got to get the name spelled. Sure, I'm sure first. us talking to her will help. Um, <laughs> peasant. I put that old and charm on it, man. Yeah. I put that old and charm on it. There you go. I love pulling a. I love pulling us up over here on YouTube, and I'm like, "Oh, good, we have a secret guest." This is how I find out with everyone else that we're gonna. Have I told, a told you beforehand. I had somebody lined up. I thought I've even confirmed it beforehand. I'm still worried uh-huh. that it won't happen, but I like to surprise. I like surprises. So you know, when like sometimes when people show up, I'll, I'll just like send out the thing, and we're like, "Who's this? Let's find out." And then somebody pops up. I don't know. Who uh, knows? Who knows? Anything can happen. I'm going to give it like four more minutes before I officially start the show. We're live. uh, We are live. And and I don't know even if we have a secret guest, a special guest, who or when it's going to be, I mean, because they were like, oh, 8.30, I might be late for that. And I'm like, we'll be talking for a while. Yeah. I promise. Have they ever seen one of these? Yeah. I was like, we'll be talking a little while. And don't show up on time because it takes like 15 minutes to get going anyway. And that's just like to get to the introductions. So, well, Hey, listen, you know, we can get, get cranked up in lieu of uh, Hey, it's Will daily tonight. I do have some quick, quick hit news stories um, that I would have put on the daily show for today. If you guys want to want to hit those and get some quick reactions. Okay, let's do it. Let's, let's talk some just general wrestling news. Right. with our with our with our folks in the chat well special live edition of hey it's will daily then so thank you guys for joining this is where i look at wrestling culture from the perspective of an nwa fan with two other people other guys <laughs> two my two best friends how about that oh look at that that's sweet so first of all i think we were we were chatting about this a little in the discord today but apparently uh during the uh, Raw and SmackDown, NXT, whatever tapings uh, over the past couple of days. Kyrie Sane uh, sustained an injury at the hands of Nia Jax. Surprise, surprise. Uh, said, uh, and this is from from Fightful. Um, the spot occurred outside the ring near the stairs where Kyrie was thrown down and her head hit the corner of the stairs. Oh, that makes me cringe. That's... So there was a big debate going on in the uh, NWA. Discord. This is the NWA Discord. If you guys haven't joined that, you should because it's a lot of fun. But uh, there was a debate going on there where uh, somebody called Kyrie fragile, and somebody's like, "No, this is Naya, and she's had she has a history of this thing and all that." And you know, I don't watch a bunch of WWE, so I can't speak too much on it, except to say that I have heard these stories about Naya before, and. I definitely saw her a few weeks ago where she delivered a power bomb to Kyrie into the corner and it looked like it was just like way short. Like it, it, was. it you know, like you wanted to get her back onto the turnbuckle and instead it was just like snapped her 
the back of her head and neck on the bottom turnbuckle. And I was like, eh, that is, that's not how you do that. And, uh, you know, I'm no wrestling expert, but they just look nasty. And so when you hear a story like this, my immediate thought is, again, not on Kyrie. Like, that sounds like uh, somebody was not paying attention. So, I mean, it says uh, outside, Kyrie was thrown by Nia Jax and her head hit the corner of the stairs. I'm not sure how, if, she, if you're getting thrown, you're just supposed to move your head and protect yourself. That's 100% on, on the thrower, right? I mean, right. that's that's on Nia to to protect her and make sure that she's not throwing her into the stairs. So that's just, I don't know. That is what that's I would think as well. Uh, in, in some other uh, more positive news, it appears that Drew Gulak is re-signing with WWE. He's been, uh, his contract expired about a week ago. Um, he did not re-sign. I think he wanted more money, yada, 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 something like that. Um, but he, uh, the reports are that he was present at the SmackDown tapings for this week. Uh, so I don't know if he signed a new contract, but he is sticking around, which would lead me to believe either they're close to signing a new contract, um, which is good. I think he, he had finally stepped into um, a position, a spotlight. Him and Daniel Bryan were having a, an incredible program. Um, and I was really bummed when I heard that his contract had expired. So, I, you know, I'm happy for Drew Gulak. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm like with you. I haven't heard anything definitive. You'll you'll hear it before we will, of course. But uh, um, yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, with all these uh, firings and dismissals and all that, I was really uh, pessimistic. But th this was positive. Yeah, I don't. Um, I I just listened to something about this that uh, he, you know there was some belief that that was going to happen because a lot of people reached out to him as soon as he was no longer a member of the roster and he was kind of hesitant to do anything. So it was kind of, people were kind of guessing he was in negotiations with them still. And uh, so anyway, good for him. I mean, I hope they use the guy. He's, he's a great wrestler. It's smart. I'm glad he didn't just, you know, I'm glad now, you know, publicly we know that uh, you know he valued himself enough to say, no, I, I'm worth more than, what you're offering me and I'll hold out and hopefully they reached an agreement that compensates uh, Drew fairly. And um, I hope, you know, as I said, his, his, uh, the trajectory of his, his career and time in the spotlight just keeps going up because he, he definitely deserves it. Well, Daniel Bryan seems to have a lot of uh, creative control over what he does. And uh, so he seems to really like Drew. Uh, hopefully that continues to play for him. Yep. Uh, so number three, we got a new wrestling video game apparently coming out. Are you guys video wrestling video gamers? I uh, I like uh, uh, I, I play baseball games primarily, but I and I bought the WWE 20K19 Rick Flair edition. I'm looking at it on my shelf over there, about like 10 pounds of replica. I'm not opening it up just because I don't want to uh, compromise the the worth and the value of the collector's item. <laughs> so I've never played it. But this, I, I'm assuming you're speaking about uh, retro wrestling. Is that the one we're talking about? Uh, I'm talking about, I don't know that there's a name yet. It's it's from an independent game studio called Virtual Basement. They're developing okay. it. Um, there's not a set timeline for it right now. Um, but they told Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful that this is, and if you're familiar with video games, this will mean something to you. 
They say the gameplay is a mix of No Mercy, Here Comes the Pain, Day of Reckoning 2, and SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Yeah, well, that's what you'd say if you were putting out a wrestling game, I'd like to think. It's a mix of all the best wrestling games that ever happened. <laughs> so. yeah, hey, listen, I'm making a movie, and it's a combination of Star Wars, uh, Titanic, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. Yeah. It's hey, a, hey, yeah. a great business idea. I'm thinking about writing a book version of all those. Think about Ooh. that. Nice. That's yeah. a good idea. So, yeah. Uh, I, I hope it's true. I will say that once you said the name and the one Robert's talking about, I'm also very excited about Retromania Wrestling with uh, Retrosoft Studios. They're putting that one out and it's got our champ, Nick Aldis, in it. Uh, it's got guys like Colt Cabana and Zack Sabre Jr. The Road Warriors are in there and Austin Idol. That one looks fun. And it looks simple, which I think is going to appeal to a lot of people right now. Like my wife in particular would love for us to have a Switch and she would probably be down with a game that's like not... 50 different button combinations to try to pull off a move um but that virtual basement game you're talking about i did not know uh what it was exactly but i i've seen on instagram from some of the folks i follow where they've been signing contracts with virtual basements so i happen to know like right off the top of my head as an example is like uh danny jordan the the real mean girl um i know she signed a, a contract like she had posted something about it and uh the girl nobody's seen her yet on on nba television but she's in the circle squared and she was by far honestly one of my favorite competitors uh, the american kaiju oh, um gosh. she is uh she had signed a contract with them as well so they're they're picking up like independent wrestlers apparently it sounds well, like and apparently from, from what i was reading earlier kind of their biggest contact that's making a lot of this happen is enzo amore i don't know you know where you guys land on that guy but apparently he's chomping at the bit to get back in the wrestling spotlight even if it's you know via video game but apparently he's he's got something to do with all this hmm. Yeah, I feel weird about Enzo. Like, sometimes I feel sort of sorry for him, and sometimes I don't. Like, it's if he's really, like, as obnoxious as some people act like, I mean, you know, fair enough. But I've seen him do a lot of things that seem super nice, too. So it's it's kind of tough. The, the, the whole accusation that got him fired from the WWE, you know, I don't want to – uh wwe front row just pointed out it's lindsey snow yes american kaiju lindsey snow i couldn't it was like escaping me but she's uh god she's awesome um from my understanding that whole process like got thrown out like there was not significant evidence or anything for that whole thing so if he's a decent dude you know good for him he was good on the mic i will give him that he was very quick-witted he he graded my nerves uh so that's where i land on enzo i don't know if you really wanted an answer or if that was a hypothetical but <laughs> thank you for your assessment um so last story yeah. <laughs> uh we'll end on, we'll end on... <laughs> thank you for joining us for uh gary's uh assessment of enzo amore as a person um so yeah uh so last story <laughs> keeping it keeping it happy and light uh flip gordon re-signed multi-year deal with uh ring of honor so Happy for Flip. He's killing it. Made a name for himself over there. I've seen him several times uh, live with Ring of Honor. Incredible performer. He's gotten uh, like, I mean, I would put him in the most improved category over the past like five years going from nothing to top star, uh, you know, 
he's he's been killing it so if anyone's deserving of a new multi-year deal for a wrestling company that's not currently operating right now it's absolutely flip gordon so i'm happy for him what are you guys thoughts uh, big, big news. I think this is great for uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, our friend uh, Jay Cayley, uh spent some time talking about this today on the, the, the pre-party. Um, and again, he's one that's really emerged since the, uh, since the 10 pounds of podcast, or excuse me, I, correction, since the 10 pounds of gold segments uh, where he was, uh, he was part of that, uh, all this crusade his credibility as a, as a potential face of a company has really been elevated and he's grown a lot. And I think like, this is a guy who's a future world championship title holder, man. He's I'm a big Flip Gordon fan. And uh, I think this is a great move for a ring of honor big time. I'm a hundred percent with the doc. Uh, Flip Gordon is, is such a good wrestler. I, I think I, I, I really enjoy watching him. Uh, he's had two matches now with the champ uh they were both really fun to watch and ring of honor's here to play i mean i felt like for a while they were just rolling over and dying and like they were just gonna be done and uh since since they made the decision they've been they've been showing a lot they, they made the decision to re-sign marty Skrull and keep him away from anywhere else and uh which i don't blame them at all like i think that was probably a wise move and uh since then we've seen them Resign uh, Bandito to a long-term deal. It looks like and Flip Gordon, and uh, so it looks like they're trying to make plays to develop people they know can be long-term stars. So I, I support that. I think it's great. I think if a guy like Drew Gulak had gotten away far enough, like Riga Vader probably would have. I bet Riga Vader's in the discussion for like a lot of these signings now. Uh, one that I heard recently was, well, I think this just happened, but I was literally listening to the observer right before we came on and Meltzer was, they were talking about uh, Matt Riddle got pulled up to SmackDown. Yep. Um, and then that was part of some deal where they were like, we've got to get him in some kind of new agreement and get him in the main roster. And that was all part of it because there was a chance he might walk and then that guy could go anywhere. And Meltzer was even kind of saying like, not just AEW, like Ring of Honor would have been on top of him and New Japan would have been after him. And so uh, Ring of Honor, people forget, is is run by uh, millionaires also or billionaires or whatever they are. So they've got the money. It's just like they're finally starting to act like they want to be a player in this thing. So good for them. Good for Flip. Yeah, good for I'm all happy to see them. guys getting work like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just looking in the chat, uh, Let's see, Mast fan says Zicky Dice is going to be in the video game we were mentioning earlier, so that's cool. That's right, um, I remember that. And let's see, oh, some more commentary here on uh, Enzo, your pal, uh, Gary. Uh, WWE Front Row <laughs> says he met him at WrestleCade last year. He stayed and talked to anyone that wanted to share stories and was a genuinely nice guy. So there you go, man. Well, good. See, that's a, now so, that's a guy I trust. WWE Front Row, that's a guy I trust. Not that I don't trust you. If you can't, but he's met him. Well, that makes sense. I, I I don't fault anyone for that either. Uh, if you can't trust WWE front row, who can you trust? You know? Trust Whiskey Gary because Whiskey Gary never lies ever. Uh, he's never lied. Whiskey <laughs> Gary is incapable of lying. <laughs> like, that's the problem for Whiskey Gary. <laughs> like it, it's too much, too much. At, at right. nine fifty-five tonight, the truth will be coming out, man. <laughs> yeah, there you'll go. We'll go on some rants. Uh, 
Uh, well, we can All get right. into Carney. So, We're getting some questions about uh, Carneyland. So, Gary, if you want to take us into our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, that was uh, Hey, It's Will Daily. Thank you, Will. One of our uh, favorite new additions to this is the NWA podcast, the Hey, It's Will Daily. And it looks like you still got one in. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So welcome, everybody. This is Gary Horde. This is this is the NWA. It's the podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And I'm one of your hosts, Gary Horde. And my co-hosts are here today. Thank God, or this would be a really boring podcast. We've got, hey, it's Will Daly. You just heard a bunch from him. Yo. And we've got, yeah, and Doc, the Doc, the love doctor. Robert Stinson is here. McLovin. <laughs> Doc McLovin. That's right. And the three of us together make a big, nice, juicy gravy cake. So you got to <laughs> get on that. <laughs> a red velvet, oh, red velvet gravy cake at that. Red velvet <laughs> gravy cake. My God. Red gravy cake, man. I'm, I got ideas like crazy this week. <laughs> that, that's great, man. That's everything. Vodka Rob is already here, up, everyone. But- rob's uh rob's got the uh creative juices flowing by that i mean whatever's in his tumbler right now and i just Uh, got off i just i just came back from tanya fest bro my creative juices are on point right now bro listen dude i don't know what tanya fest is oh oh wait oh you're talking about your trip this weekend (laughs) yeah like wait dude (laughs) this is like a uh a Tuesday night thing in the Stinson household. I don't get it. <laughs> it needs to be. It needs to be. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to talk to you guys. Everybody in the chat, thank you for being here. WWE Front Row, the Mass Fan uh, Turbo here, running the moderator position and uh, wrestling with the MMA and Mast Fan. Did I already say that? Probably did, but whatever. He's uh, worth two mentions. You guys. Yeah, he's worth two mentions. Right. Mass fan was there with us uh, earlier today in the uh, Cardi Lid post chat that uh, council members get to be a part of. And uh, so we're going to talk to you about Cardi Lid today. We're going to talk to you about that chat. We may or may not have a special guest. I don't want to build it up too much. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, people are loving Will's face. Uh, I don't know. That's my wife, actually. My wife's in the chat. Awkward. <laughs> we all love will's face man will's yeah. got a lovable face uh, anyway all right so where do we start today guys do we just start just like jumping right in to go into a recap so i could get to my whiskey or like what what do you guys want to roll with but can, I, can i start out i want to say something just just because uh, i appreciate the mass fan and he's here with us and i appreciate him so much and and um so much of what he does, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he realizes how much this community appreciates the things he does. He's got this mass fan goes to Hollywood thing about to start on Thursday. I can't wait uh, for that. He uh, free the mass series is amazing, but today, and I, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but today he issued a public apology to Josephus about a comment that he said on social media a couple of days ago. That was really very vanilla. It was very mundane. It wasn't attacking him as a person. He was just expressing his opinions as a fan and, and it was critical. And he felt moved, I'm assuming in light of all that's been going down and the message about anti-bullying and all that, that he felt motivated to uh, issue a public apology to Josephus, which Josephus in a very classy manner accepted and said, don't, and no worries. 
They'll, you know, forget about it. So I appreciate that. And so I want to take this opportunity also for those who have, have uh, listened to our weekly recap today or who will. I had some very strong opinions that I issued about Eli Drake and I stand by most of them, I, 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 but, but I want you to know that, that none of those reflect my opinion of Eli Drake as a performer or as a person. I think the world of Eli Drake, again, I've said it multiple times. You can go back and look at all of our episodes. I've said that he is one of the men in the NWA that I feel can achieve that world title status. Uh, but there was one point when I referred to him, and it was in the heat of passion, I referred to him as a little kid. And that was, uh, I did, I don't even remember saying it. I, I was watching the recap, and I happened to look at it. I was like, gosh, man, did I say that? So, Eli Drake, if you're watching this, um, I, I want you to know as a, as a member of uh, the NWA talent roster, you have my utmost respect. I love what you're, you're doing. I have become a fan of yours. It took me a little while. I'm not going to lie. I've followed you since your impact days, and I, I didn't buy into the, hey, uh, let me talk to you dummy thing. I didn't like that at first, but I've always respected you as a competitor, and when I saw you in person at the power tapings, one of the things I told my family when I left was like, gosh, Eli Drake, man, this is the real deal. He's got real big time superstar player charisma and i've told both my friends will and gary that in our private conversations and so will i want to uh, excuse me eli i want to apologize to you for that um little kid comment uh i stand by everything else i said uh that doesn't mean i don't respect you as a person the world is big enough for us to have different opinions and uh and you just caught me at an emotional moment on memorial day weekend with some of your comments and and uh, I just apologize to you, and uh, I want to thank the Mass Fan for reminding us to humble ourselves, to be charitable at all times, and to uh, embrace each other and realize that, that, that we may not be as intelligent or as important as we think we, think we might be, and the world is big enough for a bunch of opinions. So I, I, I believe in America first, but I also believe in Eli Drake, and I also believe in the NWA. So uh, Eli Drake, that's an apology to you for, for my... Uh, my uh, really clumsy comment. I was uh, criticizing you for clumsy comments and then I did the same thing. So I hope if you see this, you can accept my apology. I'll try my best to make sure it doesn't happen again. I can't promise you because on this show, this is NWA After Dark and we do have uh, tumblers here, but uh, uh, I do want you to know here in my most uh, most intelligible state that I do respect you and, uh, and I can't wait to see you compete at the NWA for years to come. Everything he said about your mother, Eli Drake, was uh, he 100% stands by. Uh, but you'll have to listen to the This is the End of Me Weekly to get all of that. Sorry, folks, that's the only way I know to deal with tension. And, uh, so, Well, I'll say, I'll say this, uh, you know, you were, uh, you mentioned the mass fan. He, he just asked in the chat uh, if I went and watched his videos. As I said, I was going to a couple of weeks ago. I did on Sunday, uh, I think shortly before we recorded the weekly, um, and I'll talk about it on there. I went and watched all your videos in order uh, from start to finish. And they were incredible, man. Like seeing that evolution in one sitting was really cool. Um, and it, it gripped me, pulled me in. And uh, yeah, man, I'm stoked for the watch along or, or uh, the going to Hollywood in a couple of days. So yeah, dude, I, I'm a fan of the Mast fan. Can't, can't put that guy over enough. Yeah, and uh, Mast fan or anybody in the chat uh, or watching, uh, we, we talk, definitely talk about the Mast fan series in the latest this is in nwa actually even in last week's this is the nwa talking about his episodes and uh uh will uh drop some knowledge there that he had uh started watching the masked fan video so we're we're big fans of it over here at this is the nwa uh legata wants to know where the recipe for gravy cake is uh 
It's at the bottom of Gary's whiskey jar. Yeah, I'm going to admit the gravy cake thing. uh, It's not really a good story behind it. But hey, before you want to talk about gravy cake, let me let me tell you something that's real gravy cake right now. I have a special guest I'm going to bring on for you guys. And we're going to allow this person to join us while we talk about Cardi Land and everything in between. Let's see if they are here. Special guest. Oh, the champ. (laughs) The champ is here. He's living it up, man. Look at that. (laughs) He's he's got a cigar. Let me say right now uh, that there is a a fantastic series on the History Channel about Ulysses S. Grant right now. And our our national treasure is pulling off the absolute best Ulysses S. Grant I've ever seen, man. One of my favorite military figures of all time. So well done, champ. Well done. Gentlemen. Were we supposed so to all we have doing, cigars? So we're doing Well, we What's haven't up? met. Do what? We, Welcome to the team. We haven't met before officially. We haven't met. This is an honor. An honor, sir. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Will, uh, Gary, like, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Mr. Aldis, he's been doing the Hey, It's Will daily. So he's been uh, keeping us uh, regular on the, uh, on the feed there. I kept up. I kept up with a little bit of that. Yeah, I've been. I've been. Uh, I, I try to keep up with everybody who's uh, who's supporting the cause. Yeah, we were just talking about some stuff with the mass fan, what he's doing, and everything. I just like I, I, I want to make one thing very clear though. Coming in, I don't want to have. I do not want to be part of this gravy recipe that you were talking about. That's that's not my style. <laughs> Well, just stick around. I mean, it, eventually everybody comes around on it. I think so. Well, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, oh, sorry, like getting, 10 or 15. Sorry, we're getting a we're getting a cameo here. Hey, do you want to come? What? Do you want to come? Donovan! Look, say hi to everyone. Hi. Hey, Hello, Donovan. Well, hey, buddy. Hi. Hey, good to see you, man. <laughs> Shut the door. <laughs> Price. <laughs> Have a good time. Oh, get Pixie out of here too. Stupid dog. <laughs> He's the champs bossing people around as it should be. Uh, well, Mr. Aldis, thank you so much for joining us today. This is yeah, yeah. Uh, what well, we've established. It's an honor, but uh, man, it's uh, it's good to see you. Especially you were heavily featured on uh, Cardi Land today, so it's a. Uh, we can yes. uh, get some of your takes from that. Somewhat, right? Somewhat featured. Um, you know, I think that it, it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting direction that we've taken on in, in Carney Land. That now we're now we're looking at a potential political landscape, and I guess you know it's pro wrestling, so politics are a big part of it. So let's let's see where this goes. So I, my, my gears are turning, but you know, at this stage in the game, it's. It's very early days for me to be disclosing any of my immediate thoughts. Well, I can say that for people who don't know, uh, if you're a member of the Patreon for Cardi Land, if you're a councilman, council person, uh, then you can uh, participate sometimes, I guess, after Cardi Land. It seems like it's going to be every week now uh, in a live chat with a special guest. This week it was David Lagana, and uh, he kind of set us up for what to expect and everything. But he did bring up and... Uh, he told me to talk about it, so I assume it's okay to say some of the things we discussed. But we talked about the uh, mayorship that came up in the uh, episode today and uh, what he thought that should be or what he thought 
he wanted to know what we thought that should be. If it should be uh, a talent from the NWA roster, a person in the back, somebody from the group, whatever, like who should right. be able to run. But uh, I did see Nick Aldis's name pop up a lot in that conversation. People were, people were ready. And oddly enough, it was you and Zicky Dice who there could not be more polar opposite of people. I don't suppose. <laughs> no. I, 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 don't, I don't really know what kind of comment you're looking for from me on that because, you know, at this point, like I said, you know, my guess is as good as yours as far as what, what this thing's going to look like. And, um, but, you know, it, you know, in all seriousness, uh, the, the cool thing about what, what Carnyland is doing is that all of our content that, that the company is doing at this point is very, very fluid. You know, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely open to, manipulation and interpretation you know from our most dedicated fans particularly the ones who are you know parting with their money to be citizens uh, on patreon so it, we do want to to have you guys involved you know on that level because that that's the that we understand that to a lot of fans that's really the the most appealing part of of a patreon or or, or any kind of premium subscription situation is that they, they, they want to have a say and they want to have a seat at the table. I, I, I think that's a really neat concept, the, the whole idea. Let's talk for a minute about your uh, contribution. You've got a daily or a weekly show now uh, besides just showing up on Carnyland. You've got uh, the Monday show, What's Cause and All This. And, uh, I, and I think uh, I, I told you online and um, and we've had this conversation between the three of us and in a lot of places we've seen the same sentiment that uh, this is one of the favorite parts of Carneyland. And that's not just because you're sitting right there. Uh, people really enjoyed, there was inside the NWA that was a behind the scenes look, which I thought was really cool. It was very open and felt very yeah. honest. And it was a very neat sort of deal. And I would not trade that for anything. And the Eli Drake's thing was very wild and just, uh, uh, off the wall stuff and uh, but what's what's causing all this is it gave a side that I think a lot of people look for uh, in that it was there were these behind the scenes stories I, I described it to Rob as like him being a veteran like it was like these war stories so these guys that have actually been in the ring that no matter what interview or tried you wouldn't be able to have the same kind of conversation that yourself and Crimson and uh, Tom Latimer had so uh I, I assume that's that's exactly what you're going for, right? hundred uh, percent. It's as 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 great as it is that um, I'm requested quite frequently for for interviews for podcasts and various types of broadcast media, you know. And 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 since the pandemic, it's been or it's probably increased about two hundred percent. But yeah, for the most part, I often get asked the same things and. I understand that there is there is a, a sort of uh, there's a little bit of a line that that guys can't cross if they're not a peer. You know, when they're just a, a member of the media and they're sort of talking to you in that capacity, there there are certain things that they have to there are certain parameters they have to stay within, which is which is totally fine. But it also leaves an opportunity to have a conversation. To your point, that's much more. First of all has much more credibility. Uh, and also it kind of bypasses some of that early stuff. Like I, I, I find that with a lot of interviews, I'm 
I'm sort of getting through the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, just doing the, the, the sort of typical stuff to get to anything with any kind of meat on it. And what I wanted from this was to be more of like, here's, here's the, here's the real, you know, here's what's really, here, here's some of the cool things that happened. And, you know, especially when you get guys who are, I mean, Crimson and Tom are two of my best friends that, you know, Tom was the best man at my wedding and Crimson was one of the groomsmen. So it's like, we're tight, you know? So there was no, there was no feeling out process, right? We didn't have to break the ice with each other. Um, and then next week with, with James, uh, that one I think is going to really surprise people because people forget that James and I have known each other for over a decade and James, James, more, as, as much as anyone really in, in my career has been a real kind of key person uh, at various different stages. And we talk about some of that just, I mean, he was, he was part of the, the hottest act in TNA and beer money when I first came in. And within a few months of, of me getting there, I get put in the, in the tag team, the British invasion with Doug Williams and us getting married to those guys. I mean, that was, that's like a golden ticket, you know, in 2009, because they were the highest act. I don't care what anyone says. They had Sting, Angle, Joe, AJ, you know, Mick, Booker, Steiner, but Beer Money were the highest act coast to coast every, and uh, globally. I mean, we would, they would get the biggest reaction in, you know, I don't care if you were in Duluth, Dubai or Dublin. I mean, they were, they were the, they got the biggest reaction and we got married to those guys. So then we got, I mean, we, I, I learned so much so quickly and then really through all these different phases all the way up to James was my last match in TNA. Uh, and then he, it, it just so happened that on the day of all in, and we talk about this in depth on the, on the show, I came downstairs in the morning of all in and I, I was just going to have breakfast by myself because I just, I knew that the day was going to be crazy. So I just, if anyone, anyone who knows me will tell you that I'm, I'm quite an introvert behind the scenes. I, I like to take, pick my moments and, and be an extrovert, but it, most of the time I, I kind of like to keep to myself and I certainly need moments where I'm, I'm private. So I was going to just take that morning before all in to just have breakfast by myself and chill and just sort of, you know, have some quiet time with my mind. And I walk into the breakfast room and cowboy sitting right there in the corner. You know, just as luck would have it, he's the only one there, like, because we're up early and it was, I ended up having breakfast with him and I was just like, this is so weird, you know, and he went and he was flying home that day and watched the show, text me later on, you know, it's, it's like, he's just, he's been around for a lot of, a lot of my stuff and he's, he's such a unique personality and we're so different, but we respect each other. So I think people are going to be really surprised at some of the stuff that comes out in that because, I mean, we were telling stories about, stuff that I had forgotten about until James brought it up. I mean, especially stuff on, on for, uh, foreign tours, European tours. I mean, a lot of the time James was, was kind of my partner in crime a lot of the time on, on European tours. So we, we get into some of that. I think people are going to really dig it. One of my stuff and he's, he's such a unique personality. Got some feedback there. I don't know who that is, but um, so it, it's kind of ironic and I don't want to hog this whole thing. I'll let you guys, uh, talk to but uh uh it's kind of ironic though that one of the things that's cool about you talking to crimson and, and tom latimer is that you know you talked about with normal interviews you have to 
you, you know, this one, you get to skip over the early stuff, but that's a lot about what you guys talk about. And I think that's kind of interesting, but I guess it's from perspective that you guys have all been there. And I don't know if like somebody brought up a uh, construction, all this with your, with your little hat on and stuff, like in a random interview, if, if that would be taken as lightly as you guys talking about it. I heard Rotella talking about construction, all this, and I was, I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to send him a message. So watch your step. Um, <laughs> no, construction artists, uh, but but construction artists never never even had one match. Uh, that was not a, that was not an actual gimmick that was in use. That was just that was just clowning around in the dressing room. But it, it's uh, it speaks to the, the some of the you know the, the looks that I had, and I you know in some ways, obviously I'm I'm happy to poke fun at myself. Do you know what I mean? But I think on some level, I think I wanted to do that show and that subject because if somebody happens to be watching this who's an up-and-coming wrestler or an aspiring wrestler i want them to to sort of look at at, at that and, and look and i'm not i don't i don't want to sit here and, and blow myself but i'm like i know that at this point in time i am like very comfortable in my own skin like i've got my i've got my stuff down you know, but it wasn't always that way. So I think in, in some ways I wanted, I wanted an aspiring wrestler who might be struggling with sort of finding themselves to sort of look and go, Oh, I, you know, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, and that's to me is the, the biggest thing with, with the wrestlers that really have a good sustained career and really resonate with the audience on that level is when they, they get comfortable with themselves and they find themselves and that takes time. You guys have something you would like to say to the champ? Just how much you uh, love and admire him? Anything? Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. So I was looking at your uh, Wikipedia page, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, Gary said he felt personally attacked by that bit last week. So I don't know if he's wanting an oh, apology course, or. Well, look, I mean, look at look at the ego on him. I mean, he's <laughs> you know, the guys have he's had a, he's had a small taste of of success and notoriety, and now and now he's you know, I mean, I've seen some of these shows where he's got he's he's been he's had a few disparaging things to say about me. But, well, you know, I just I've, I've questioned some of your decisions in the past. That's pretty much what it boils down yeah. to. I, yeah, I can't deny the uh, the what you've done for for the show. So I'll always I'll always be respectful and appreciative. I will say but, that I loved uh, the wrestler dad segment tonight. Um, I feel like I can relate to that. I've got a two year old and uh, half the time I'm talking to him. He's just watching his tablet. So uh, it really resonated with me. But uh yeah, I think that one. I feel like that. I feel like it was okay. I feel like I didn't quite hit the mark with it. I think if with with a little more with a little more refining, we could we could get that down to something really good. Well, I'm happy to work work on it with you if you want some some acting help or anything. <laughs> Doctor, you're being you're being quiet over there. What's going on, my friend? Oh, no, I, I was. You you put out a lot of great content here in the last uh, a couple of weeks, and one of my favorite pieces was the. Uh, was the unboxing of the suit uh, and your unveiling of the new line that's coming out? And is that something that the that the the fan community is going to be able to have access to, or is this something that only only the national treasure will will be uh, privy to? No, no, it's um, no, it 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 should be going live uh, any day now. Uh, I've been keeping in touch with with Ziad uh, at Nazir Suits to sort of. I told him the other day. I said, look, let me know when it's when it's live because I don't want to keep 
keep directing people to it if while you know while he's in this uh, while he's still in the building phase he's he's redoing his site and stuff but no the the story with that was um i i had got a couple of suits uh custom made uh, somewhere else and i guess one of the fabrics that i picked uh which is a red uh plaid which you guys might remember from from power uh not flannel like rotella called it idiot but um yeah uh, i guess it was the same one of the same fabrics that nazir uses so he and then he reached out to me and said hey you know i'm a tailor i do this blah 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 and he said i i this is actually one of my fabrics that's what caught my eye and i love the i love the combination you threw together with it like and this he's like you've got a really good taste and hey i'd love to make you a suit and i went hey i would love to let you so uh that's how and then he made he's made me a couple now and and to your point uh dark i i just uh, i did an unboxing for the the last the last one but when he after he'd sent the first one and, and I loved it so much and was so blown away by the quality, I guess uh, from just from some Instagram promotion for it and stuff, you know, he he got so much interest that then he came back to me and said, would you like to do a line? Um, and so I've, I've sat down with him. We've been working on it for a few weeks where I've picked out all the fabrics, like combinations, uh, styles, cuts, all sorts of different things, and so he's going to put them together. And that that blue suit that you saw in the uh, in the unboxing—that's that's what that's going to—that's one of the one of the sort of combinations uh, in in the Nick Aldis line, which will be coming up soon. But I think you'll be—I think people will be surprised uh, at, at Ziad's um, at his pricing for for a custom made suit you know because i think i mean i one of my one of my good friends uh, actually reached out to me after seeing it a number of people did two of my brothers one of my best friends already hey oh, can i get one of those suits but i i text ziad and said like what what kind of what would it, what would someone be looking at you know to, to have a something like the like the blue one put together he's like oh i i could do it from for like 500 which you know Wow, just pretty mental considering a lot of the time you'd be talking a couple of thousand, but that's that's his that, model because that was he, impressive does it, to me. he does it all online, does it all, you know, no storefront, no overheads, you know, direct to consumer. So that's, that's so, you know, you cut out that middleman and the cost of that label and everything. And, you know, you'd be surprised at what you can get done. Right. We were uh, we were reviewing that uh, a week or two ago on the show and uh, talking about how your response was so what whether people like strictly business or not, the, your response was so endearing, like how you were giddy about the uh, the sweatsuit that was in there and the bag and, and all that stuff. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a reaction that all of us would have. And uh, your authenticity is, 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 is well, very neat. I wanted to ask you a question because on June the 11th, we reached day 600 of your reign, very historic reign, um, the ninth longest in the history of wrestling since the foundations of the world. And uh, at, at how does that the the gravity of that weigh on you uh do you is that something you think about is it something that's just like you know you don't it doesn't you know you only see it when, think about it when you see my tweets or or you know what how does that weigh on you as the real world's champion i mean you definitely keep me refreshed on it more than anybody else but um i yeah i think when it came to when it came up on 500 i thought wow that's really something um more more in the sense of just in 
in wrestling in the modern era in wrestling you know the championships change hands so much more frequently than than they did you know decades ago and i um i i understand the sort of necessity of it it kind of bred from the attitude era when they were because you had two giant companies who were competing head to head every week so it was kind of like okay we need something we need something to win the we need to win the day we need to win the week we need to get the attention back so obviously big moments like title matches become a bit more um uh, you know they, they 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 get a little bastardized um for for lack of a better term and i think that it's it's sort of a hangover from that obviously we've we've got things back on a better more of an even keel since those days but it's still just you got to be so careful with championships um because you can you can and i think i don't want to point anyone in particular and i i, I don't want this to turn into a sort of uh, interpretation of shade uh, anyone but i i see so much sentiment from fans to the effect of this is the only title that i you know feel has any sort of respectability and credibility all the other titles they change all the time and they've lost all their value and you know i don't even know who the champion is i don't really care and if you if you if you're a fan and you don't and you can't even you can't even name a, the co the current champion is of something there's probably too many champions and it and if you can't name who it is then then surely you can't have any any sort of emotional investment in whether or not somebody takes it from them. But with us, we we stripped everything down to bare bones right from, from Jump Street with the NWA and, and said, what, is, what does anyone care about? The title, you know, who's the champion? Why does, someone, why does someone want to be the champion? You know, what does it mean to them to be the champion? Like who's held the championship before them? It's the same, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the view, it's the, it's the iconic sort of vision of it. And we said, it's it's all about that. It's all about the chase. It's all about the the credibility of it. So that if you might, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to to sit with men like Harley Race and Dory Funk, and we all that it's the one big takeaway from all of them is they go. Whole point of being a champion is that when somebody takes it from you, it's a big deal. So that and that's I guess. For me, I guess really what it speaks to is my ability to keep people interested and, and really it's, I don't see a lot of sentiment to the effect of, oh, I can't believe he's still champion. Oh, you know, it's been going on too long. It's most of the time it's more, I struggle to see who could take his place. And that's, that's my job. My role is to put the onus on every single other person on the roster to be like, hey, I'm I'm up I'm I'm at the top and I'm climbing. So you're gonna have to climb faster just to catch up and see if you can hold on. Champ, I've uh, I promised people in the chat room too that they can ask questions in here. So so some are coming in. But the biggest one right off the bat so far has been what are you smoking right now? What what kind of cigar is that? Uh I think it's a Cohiba. I took the I always take the label off because it drives me crazy, but I think it's a Cohiba. Okay. It was a gift. So, gotcha. So that answers that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm not. I was hoping for something more detailed, but you know, just let it go. It's fine. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Gary? 
There it is. <laughs> I'm drinking water right this second, but I do have I have a is, whiskey over is here. Your, is your is your trajectory is your trajectory past you know ten o'clock or ten nine you know ten thirty yet like slowly slowly yeah. down into get, the corner of the screen? Get right yeah, here. that Will Pete pointed Gary that right out. <laughs> Will pointed it out, and my uh, my wife like latched onto that, and she's like, "That is so you." And yeah. she doesn't. Uh, before I used to bring the bottle up just to have it next to me if i needed it but uh no more i can't i can't have the bottle hey, with did, I, did i hear did i hear you right you said that you would you would uh, you tried uh proper 12 conor mcgregor's whiskey yeah yeah that's uh that's actually what i have here right now how is it i really like it and i just tried it on a whim just obviously because it's conor mcgregor's whiskey and i just wanted to see and uh it's honestly it's pretty good i think so i've recommended it everybody that i've let have some has gone out and bought it afterwards so right. yeah oh, cool. so uh, you know i think that's a testament for it it's 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 decent turns out he's not just just full of it <laughs> at least on the whiskey uh nick did you have anywhere that you were looking forward to going when the uh like if everything picked up again and you could travel, like, was there, is there like a place you haven't wrestled yet that you really wanted to? I'm sure that's like a, maybe a standard question for you, but just kind of curious. Um, I'd like to wrestle in South America. Uh, we, we were supposed, we were supposed to go um, with TNA in, I want to say 2011 or 2012. It's actually, it's actually a funny story. I don't, I wish I, it's 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 so it's so classic TNA. But um, we everyone we were supposed to do. I want to say Santiago, Chile, Buenos Aires, and somewhere else, maybe Rio de Janeiro. I forget. But it was like it was a seriously cool tour. I mean, we were like I, we were so psyched to be going on this tour because the way it was laid out, it was like a show a day and then a day off in between each show. So we had a bit of time and, and uh, we got to Atlanta and all the boys are there because we we're all connecting through Atlanta. So we we're all on the same flight from Atlanta to uh, Santiago. And like, we're all bet between everyone. There was enough guys who had lounge access. So everyone's in the lounge, everyone's drinking, everyone's excited. Everyone's having a good time. And then suddenly all our phones go off and they're just like, do not get on the plane. Do not go. That do not board the flight to Santiago and we're kind of like what well I guess the promoter the promoter of the tour there had had was supposed to had paid like half up front but was supposed to pay the the other half like by this by this day or whatever and they and they didn't so the company just strong-armed them and said all right we're not coming so we all just sat there and went Oh, and then, uh, you know, they just, they they rescheduled all our flights and just booked us flights home. And I, was, I never forget my wife, she wasn't booked for that tour and she was so jealous and she was so annoyed that I was going and, and she wasn't. So then when I, I called her and said, told her what had happened, she was just like, oh no. And I went, oh, don't even. <laughs> don't even. Hey, uh, but, not to, not to dwell on the, not to dwell on the wife stuff too much, but I just, saw that she she started up her own thing too so she's like putting out uh, a content with uh victoria and uh, uh and socal val is that right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Gore, yeah gore tv but 
trust me, uh, the, the fact that I'm talking about it now is, is irritating me because it's all I've heard about for the last like four weeks. They, 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 first of all, they're, they're all stuck in like 2012 because they're all communicating with each other on Voxer. Okay. I mean, like <laughs> me and my friends were doing that shit when we were like, like 2012. I said, they must be the only people in, left in the world using Voxer. But um, so for, for all I hear every minute of every day is, Oh, yeah, I we could do something where we drink a cocktail. Oh, it'd be so hilarious. Did we get Voxer? Well, I'd be honest. Go ahead, Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. Voxer was great, like, for a minute because everyone went, oh, it's cool. It's like walkie talkies. You know, you can just, and then, and then WhatsApp and all the other messenger services just went, oh, yeah, you can just hold down the button and do that. So then we just went, okay, I guess we'll just do that then. I, uh, I'm getting a lot of props for you for the, the uh, Cohibas. Uh, and uh, also, did how, how far in advance? I, I got to ask you this because the uh, there's a question about Tom and your relationship. Um, I met you guys both the same night, and it was right before Crockett Cup 2019. That was the first time I ever met either one of you, and uh, you were both at the uh, little VIP thing beforehand. Um, how far in advance did you guys – have this idea strictly business like that that you would put something together like that and Royce and Tom were obviously there and I I think I had discussed the idea of having a group uh with with David and Billy um somewhere around uh the the, the Cody this the Cody rematch um, NWA 70 um, because one of the thing, one of the ideas that was being kicked around was to make it was to see if we could get a trilogy out of it um, and then you know his circumstances changed you know with AEW and everything like that so it, but what but one of the things we had talked about was having a third match possibly in the UK uh, and and one of the things that that I that had been kicked around was I said, well, what if I what if I sort of get a group? You know, what if that's the next step? Is I, I end up forming a group? Um, so it definitely been it definitely been in our in the back of our minds. Uh, as far as um, strictly business and all that, basically, we that first season of Power. We tried to make it quite fluid. Uh, we tried. We wanted to make it where we didn't necessarily define every single guy right off the bat as like a heel or a babyface. Um, we didn't try to sort of force that on the audience. We basically had the guys, particularly the guys who have quite unique and strong personalities in their own right and have the mic skills, just go out. You know, I wasn't really being a heel or a babyface. I was, I was being what I am, which is a torchbearer of the company. So, depending on what your mentality is like as a fan, you're either you're either jealous and don't like me, or you're kind of with it and you and you do like me. But I had become <clears throat> um, a, a sort of necessary babyface by default because I, I represented this brand and I represented the, the, the growth of it 
in, in a short period of time. So there was no way that um, at, the, at that point in time, there was no point sort of swimming upstream. Um, so, you know, and it works because a lot of the time, I think that often the champion doesn't necessarily really need to be a heel or a baby face. I think that depending on who else you've got going on on your, you know, and that was the way it was a lot of the time with the NWA is that the traveling champions like Luthez or, or Harley or, you know, or, or Jack Briscoe or Flair, Flair was more of a heel, but at the same time, if he was, if he was going in somewhere and, and working with some tomato can, like you don't think people were cheering for him. Of course they were like, they kept because they wanted to just be sort of part of something. So they were, they were with him, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't a full on heel all the time until, uh, unless they were doing some sort of hot angle with the right baby face. But that, and that's sort of where we had fallen in because I knew that everywhere we went, I was always positioning myself as an obstacle for someone to overcome. And the money was in somebody, you know, people wanting to pay to see if I can get beat. So, th so that's a sort of, that's kind of a heel, but at the same time, deep down people knew you know on some level they kind of knew i was going to win so that but they came anyway so it's like but when we get to the first season of power i started to look around at, at the at the strongest characters on the show and we had tim storm the ultimate baby face but then eli had kind of positioned himself as more of a more of a likable babyface character also and they had james storm that was that was kind of walking the line but definitely getting more of a babyface reaction and i started looking basically to me as the champion i'm looking at the list of guys to work with as far as like who who, who are credible challenges for the championship and they were all baby faces so i went all right i guess i'll I guess I'll, if everyone else is going left, I'll go right. And I basically made that, made that decision and made that call with, with Dave and Billy and said, okay, um, when we, when we come back, I'm, I'm going full on like, we, we, and it's the perfect time to start the group because we, we obviously we had Camille and people were, were starting to, people either knew already or they were starting to find out that she was dating Tom. So it, it was kind of like, well, the groups made itself because Tom's in the tag team with Royce and they're together and, you know, Camille's my bodyguard insurance policy. So it's like, there's the group and Tom's my best friend. So it's like, it, a lot of the time it's, it's the, the best stuff is sitting right there in front of you. And that's, and that's pretty much what happened with Strictly Business. Seeing stuff in the chat about, um, do you think it would just be you guys, or do you would you welcome other people into the group, or you think four is a good number? I like four, but I think there could be room for five. Um, it all depends on on the person, uh, and and you know, like with anything, it, it has to fit. Uh, it, it it would be more likely to be a situation where somebody emerges as a great addition to the to the group as opposed to us actively looking and saying we need another group we need another member for the group um i know a lot of people had kicked around the idea of starks when when he was when he was still here before you know before his contract ran out but he was 
like you know he, he would have been someone that that i would have kind of that, that would have made sense because i've been such a public um sort of advocate for him so it's yeah, it would be something along those lines. It would be someone who has a very definitive sort of link to me and to the group. But I, I think five, I think any more than five would start to get a bit tedious. So there might be there might be room for the right person. Does it does it frustrate you at all that uh, when you see this effort to to spin in the direction of heel, but then you have this kind of this uh, the Marty Skrull uh you know invasion angle where you come into the nwa territory the nwa studio and the crowd is decidedly behind you rather than marty scroll of course now that that's the, the effect is flipped when you go and invade one of their shows like a jerry lawler you know free birds type thing but does it frustrate you at all that uh that you're not getting the booze when a marty scroll comes in and you have the the because you know we were we have been in that studio and the studio is like very decidedly this is the NWA champion. We're standing behind the brand. Right. Um, no, the simple answer to that is no, because the, the, because the, the reaction was still strong. Ultimately, my, my job is to try to sell tickets to sell pay-per-views. So as long as, as, long as there's a strong opinion um, about, about the moment and about the match and, and about fan support, then chances are that's going to translate to, to dollars. So that's, that's really the, it's like, it's like Brock Lesnar, you know, Brock Lesnar, people are constantly, constantly criticizing Brock for not showing up enough. But when he shows up, it's the biggest deal in wrestling. Always. It's always like the atmosphere. Just there's a different level. It's a different notch. People go, whoa, here we go. We're finally going to get to see it. He gets it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that he is, he, he obviously is presented as a heel, but I don't, but he's an attraction. Like the, I, I think when you listen to the family, it's not like they're going like we hate Brock. You know, like they're just like Brock Lesnar's here. Like, this is a moment. You know, you're part of something. It's like when Tyson would fight or something like that. It's like this thing of like I'm witnessing something unique and special. And for me, I I, I model. I try to model my approach and my my title matches and and, and the, the the feeling that it generates. I model it after Harley and Flair, um, and both of those guys, at different points, could be a full-on heel. But but there was there was always that reverence that the people held them with, you know, that that just kind of made them almost a, just well, it's what made them an attraction. Andre the Giant, same thing. It's like he, he was he was a babyface, but at the same time, it was really more like. Even when he, even when he was a heel, you know they wanted Hogan to beat him, but it was, it was still just this thing of like it's Andre the Giant. You know, I, I just try to make myself an attraction, uh, and it's a, I think, I think Marty would tell you the same thing about his character. Obviously, you can, you can always tell what people haven't, haven't really seen enough of his work to understand it because they go, I don't understand. He's a villain. Like, but why? You know, it's like that's a name. It's a moniker. You know, his his whole point was that he he created a dastardly villain sort of character to be, you know, like an anti-hero. Uh, and, you know, anti-heroes, when they're done right, are cool and are an attraction and make people pay attention and people get behind them. So it's, I think in some ways, I'm kind of the same thing. I can be a bit of an anti-hero sometimes, but I, I just, I just do what I can to try and be an attraction. 
we've made the point multiple times on this show that uh, that the NWA is not really preoccupied with killishness versus baby faceishness. It's much more uh, it's much more prize fighter oriented. Uh, right. They, they built around the spectacle and the prestige of the title, and so I, I completely see that. Um, because I, I, I would say, yeah, I, I, if you were to ask me, and I know I'm not objective about this, but people that ask me isn't Nick Aldis the bad guy? Like, he's not the bad guy. I mean, he's not. Almost all of his victories are clean. Um, you know, they're they're. You know, he's certainly motivated by self interest, but those are very human things, and that's one of the things that is a big selling point in NWA is that. We're talking about human beings here with real human interests that are being manifested in the, the square of, of, uh, of professional sports. I, I, I was, uh, Sean Waltman, he's, he's been very good to me. He's, he's uh, I, I'm proud to call him a friend and he's been, you know, been a mentor to me in a lot of ways. And he came, he came to a show. He came, uh, I had a title match on a show somewhere and he was, and he just came to say hi, he was hanging out. And he was hanging out in the dressing room and somebody, I, I remember who it was, somebody in the dressing room was like, hey, uh, hey, nigga, you are a heel or a baby face. And Sean just goes, he's the world champion. Like, he's, he's the guy that people want to see if, they can, if he can get beat. And I was just like, there's your answer. <laughs> I remember the first week of the NWA power tapings. I saw like, a, there, there were some people discussing like that they felt like, you didn't wrestle as much as they expected or something like on those first power tapings I remember. And I was like, no, but that's, that's, that's the idea. It dilutes it. Like if he's wrestling all the time and his presence is known, he's there, he talks, you know, you see him and you want him to defend it. But you know, we got like that first time around, it was like Tim storm, you know, like we got that match. Like, it's like that, that shouldn't happen all the time. Like in, well, you well, can watch we, also like, need, we also need, we also need to addition or to, 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 to because we need, we need to remind, to remind people, people that, that when you when when guys are going really to really, really, really talk, people, people want to come see that, see that as much as they want to see wrestle. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, telling you, you like, I go back in time and go to a, you know, mid-Atlantic taping or Georgia Championship wrestling taping or something like that. If I could pick any single one that I could be there for, it would, it would 100%, 100% be them that feature, feature the Dusty promo or a Flair promo. promo. It would be, be a, 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 the Hard Times Dusty promo, promo would be the, the Flair and Dusty face off with the hat, or it would be the Flair promo where he, after he lost to Ronnie Garvey and he tears off all his clothes and says, I'm going to take you home. You know, that is what I would have wanted to be there for. Not a match, you know, because that... The moments, the moments come from the personalities, personalities and the business is built on personalities. It's, it's not built on matches, it's built on personalities. And the, the match should be, when this business, in my opinion, is done right, the match is simply the vehicle to facilitate the clash of two personalities uh, that people want to pay to see. Uh, Nick, bear with me uh, one second. Somebody's saying we're getting weird audio. Thank you. You got all robotic on us or something. Uh, I don't know. Is it sounding strange to you guys? Will it's, it sounds good now. It was for a moment, but it sounds good now. I'm playing with my microphone here. Hold on. Yeah, I think that fixed it. Okay. 
Yeah, I was I was going to jump in and add a little bit to the conversation, just the 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 title and heels and, and baby faces. One of the first things I noticed um, when I was kind of starting this journey that seemed so foreign to me um, coming from, you know, mainstream wrestling uh, currently was the idea that like multiple people would be gunning for the title at the same time. And then like when I saw that, and I think it was Tim Storm at the beginning of 10 Pounds of Gold where, you know, he had a match with you and then he turned around and went and had a match with Josephus. And I was kind of like, that, that was, that seemed so foreign to me, but it elevated the title so much. And it makes so much sense from just an, you know, like you talk about all the time, authenticity from like a realism standpoint, if you're the guy at the top of the mountain, like why wouldn't everybody, whether they're a heel or a baby face, you know, be after that title? It just makes sense. And, and I started to wonder like why that's not more common. I think that the reason that, that it, it, it didn't, it stopped being like that is because again, I, I have a, I have an opinion that a lot of the wrestling that, that has been around uh, in since the turn of the millennium has been, has had a lot of hangover from the attitude era attached to it. Like the TV format drastically changed in, you know, with, with, with when, when Nitro came along, Eric really, really revolutionized a lot of the television broadcast elements of wrestling. Um, and I would, I would argue that the, the Monday night wrestling format uh, was really created by Eric at Nitro. You know, if you watch Monday Night Raw prior to Nitro coming along, it's a very different show. Um, but I think that what happened was you, you ended up with some, such major major top guys like and let's let's use because look let's let's be real the wwe kind of sets the tone for the rest of the business um until somebody like an nwa comes along that 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 says hey we're we're not trying to be combative we're doing we're doing our own we're doing it differently but typically uh i think when you look at the wwe in the in the attitude era you had Rock and Austin, arguably the two biggest stars of all time, and they're there at the same time. So it was like once once they were kind of in the thick of it with each other, and I, obviously the other major storyline, the kind of the iconic rivalry that exists in that time frame is McMahon and Austin. But as far as they, you know, there was really until Triple H kind of came up there was like four guys that had credibility that had the credibility to be WWF champion at that time, Austin taker, mankind and rock. And obviously undertaker is one of those characters that doesn't really need to be world champion. You and you could argue the same about Mick, but obviously those guys, you know, they still have to, when they win it, it's going to be a moment. It's not going to be a run, you know, it's more like a sort of, it's more like a moment for them to win it, but rock, was the best guy to be a long-term champion for Austin to chase. And Austin was the face of the company. And I think that what happened after that is that like with a lot of things in wrestling, people try to sort of recreate that landscape. So they want, okay, who's the champion and who's the, the main guy challenging for it. And that becomes, and so they sort of try to force that issue. Uh, and it's, it, it, it doesn't always work that way. It really depends on how many people are credible. 
Um, and to your point, well, one of the things that we wanted to, you know, to establish was that idea that everybody here is existing with this far away vision of wanting to eventually get their shot at the title. Everyone, you know, and for some people, they, they start much closer, but some guys can will start way at the back of the line, but there's still that, there's, there's still that sort of, um, we just want to remind the audience, you know, every now and then that everyone from the, the, the guys that people would consider the top contenders to the title all the way down to opening match guys, or even guys who aren't under contract, who are, you know, who are coming in with no entrance, no intro, they're, they're all, they're, they're all at all times thinking about getting their shot at the title one day. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it was one of the first episodes of season one of Power where you know, James Storm came out and he was the national champ. And, you know, his promo was all about how that was a stepping stone to, to the world's title. And I thought that was at first it kind of made me cringe because I was like, well, this he's he's not supposed to say stuff like that. But then again, like the the realism part of my brain was like, oh, well, naturally, like that is the title everyone from you know the the guy who's losing every match to the guy who's the quote-unquote number one contender they should all be gunning for that title and I just I, I appreciate that you know realistic aspect of it yeah and, and, it, and it helps it ultimately helps anyone uh, who becomes world champion and I think that's another reason why it might be a minute before we see another world champ we don't you know obviously we, we never know um but it's because, because we've done all this work to build the credibility of it. So it's a, it's a very, you know, it's very delicate. You know, we're going to hand it off to someone. It's, we, ha we have to be able to trust them 100%. I have to ask you this. Uh, Donna uh, is in the chat and she's, uh, she's been such a great supporter of the show. So I want to ask this. I feel like in our first interview I ever had, which you were kind enough to give me, like my first actual wrestling interview, I think. Um, it, I, we may have covered this, but the, the Kingsland Cloverleaf, like where did that come from? She She's tying it to Dory Funk Jr. possibly, but um, she, she's curious if it has any connection there. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. What? <laughs> yes. oh, Only here, folks. Only here. <laughs> man, everything everything pales to parenthood, man. I mean, it is apparently everything pales. It is hard to imagine, you know, that this kid with his DNA, you know, is is someone who isn't camera shy, isn't it? I mean, is, is, <laughs> I mean, every time I'm doing he one of these, he's just—he's itching to come and have a cameo. Um, uh, well, this is like NWA after dark, so it's fine. This is this is the yeah. kind of stuff we live for. Uh, <laughs> what did you ask me about? Oh, the Kingsley Cloverleaf. Like, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She, she was asking about Dory Funk Jr. or something, and so I was just curious. So you have a funny story about that. Dory, Dory told me he got credited you know, for the Texas Cloverleaf submission. And he said, he goes to me, I only used it one time in my whole career. <laughs> so I, I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, hey, that's Dory Funksmith. And he's just like, okay. Um, but no, the, the, I was using the Cloverleaf for a while in, in TNA. Um, 
when I, I came back and in, in, I took some time off to do Aladdin uh, at the Theatre Royal and I came back and I did and I came back and I knew it was going to be a baby face um, and Bret Hart's one of my heroes uh, definitely someone who I model my matches after more than anyone probably in, in business um, along with Flair and Harley but uh, there was I was sort of again just trying to at the time just look at the landscape in TNA and think okay who's the top baby face it was AJ uh, you know and then you have sort of this person this person and I'm looking around and I'm going well maybe I need a submission maybe that can be a sort of, like maybe that can be my sort of thing to be different you know as a baby face to have instead of instead of trying to because coming up with a finishing move especially nowadays is hard because like every every move has been has been so overdone you know that that people don't really like it really takes a lot of time and, and effort to establish any move as something that you can win with because people kick out of so much and i was like well maybe a submission is the way to go and uh, i was in the dressing room uh, i was talking to uh, aj frankie kazarian was in there uh, a couple other guys and i just i said i said frankie do you I said, I need a submission. I want a submission because Frankie was going to be one of my first matches as a babyface, sort of coming back on this on this new sort of push. And I was like, I need a submission. I, you know, he knew I was a Brett fan, and he was and he was kind of like, what about what about a cloverleaf? You know, it's like a good babyface kind of submission because it's kind of like the sharpshooter. You can stand up straight, people can see your face. You know, you can see your face, and it's like you can you know, there's a lot of ways to get in and out and stuff like that. And I was like oh yeah like texas cloverleaf that's cool and i was like never done one can you show me <laughs> so he just grabbed someone and said, yeah like this and showed me on the on the dressing room you know just like you've got someone to lay down i was like yeah you just do this like you figure for the legs here and then you get them and turn them over and, and that was that but um yeah like like with a lot of things in tna they never really sort of firmly established it with the audience that it was sort of my submission hold so it, you know, it sort of had a minute, it had a bit in the sun, but, you know, never quite really sort of took. Uh, and then when when we started the NWA stuff and the Oldest Crusade, we, we had that we had that run in, in England uh, where, an island, where I had, I want to say it was like 10 matches in 11 days or something. Um, and so basically when I was talking to Dave and we were put, you know, we was, I mean, this was obviously very early days of the 10 pounds of gold series. I just said, I think I should, I think I want to win. I'm going to win every match with the submission because then it's like, once we put out that one episode, it's just, you know, just cut to clip of one guy tapping out, a second guy tapping out, another guy tapping out, another guy tapping out, all different shapes, sizes, color styles, but all tapped to the Kingsland Cloverleaf. It's like, we'll establish it in one, in one video. And yeah, we did. That's how. And and for me, it's uh, it's just a, it's, it's it's a lot of to me uh, as a, especially as a defending champion, having a hold or a finishing move that can be countered and reversed and you know attempted a lot of different ways is is way more fun than having having something that's that's sort of one dimensional. So it's it's it helps a lot with with psychology and, and you know creating tension and drama. Well, what are the big? Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. 
I was going to say, has that affected your training, your practice regimen at all? Because when I see your matches, you, there'll be some really wacky ways that someone ends up in the Cloverleaf. And, uh, and that, you know, if, if, you, if this is something you just picked up back in the locker room, just on the spot, I would imagine that you, you, you've done some rehearsals or some practices. Uh, it depends. It depends who, it depends who you're wrestling. You know, if, if, if you have chemistry and you know each other and you trust each other and you can articulate it well enough, then maybe not. But it, it all just depends. But I'll say that the one thing I have to do uh, more than I ever did before was really work on my uh, my isometric uh, tension on my quads. Like, because... Most of the time you put the cloverleaf on it, it was like 15, 20, 25 minutes into a match and you're gassed, you know, like you, you, your lactic's already through the roof and then you have to sit in a half squat with the weight of somebody else kind of pulling you back this way and you have to sort of, so, and it's all on your outer quads. And it's all just like, if you've ever done wall chairs, like a lot, I, you know, that, that was something and thank God that when I broke into the business with the Knight family, that was one of the things that Julia had us do. She tortured us with those things. They would make us do wall chairs like for, for minutes at a time where you just basically sit against the wall with your legs at, at parallel to the, with your upper legs parallel to the floor and hold it. Um, I've, I found it sort of going into big important matches like All In and NWA 70, Crockett Cup, stuff like that. I would, I would run the stairs. I still do this now. I'll, I'll run the stairs. And then basically at the top, every time I get to the top, I'll sit, I'll sit in a wall chair for like one minute or as long as I can, and then run the stairs again, you know, sit in a wall chair, like just so that I can try to recreate that thing of building up tons of lactic and, and blood flow. And then, and then trying to hold that isometric thing, because the worst thing, you, you know, the worst thing, and it's happened to me a few times I've been blown up. And you put someone in it and you have and you're just you're sort of drooping forward and you're kind of like stumbling around because it's just it's genuinely like when i put tim in it in on that first episode of power he's such a heavy unit like he's so dense like and you know bless us heart, not the most flexible guy in the world so it's like i turn him over in this thing and i mean it's just like imagine doing a wall chair holding like a 250 pound sort of sack but like <laughs> kind of around your body and, and, you know, sort of with just with your forearms and, and your legs, you know, it's, 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 that one was that one, by the time you made the ropes, I was like, thank God. <laughs> You're actually hoping he'd get out of it. No, it, it reminds me a lot of Bret Hart. Uh, every time I see it and, and the more I hear you talk about Bret Hart, I, I mean, the, the comparison is there. It's, it's really cool to see. I always loved Bret Hart matches, like, especially like, I know I'd seen once with like him and Mr. Perfect where if they got like their legs tangled up or something and like Hart could come up with the sharpshooter yeah, out of nowhere. Some slam finish where he got it from the ground and count. Yeah, just like, you know, Brett just, yeah, it was, and and this again, because because Brett was my hero, it was kind of like all of those different ways in, of getting into it have all kind of just burned in my brain. I don't even really have to think that they're, they're just kind of there. So, um a lot of the time I've just called on the fly. I've just, you know, I've, been, I've just been with someone like, Hey, you know, do this, go for, you know, go for a leapfrog or go for a drop kick off the top. I'm going to catch you or whatever, you know? And it's just because it's like, yeah, they're, they're all burned in my brain from, from studying Brett for so long. Right. Uh, we appreciate your time, Champa. We get, um, 
another one I wanted to ask you that I saw in the chat was that we got some people from uh, WrestleCade and uh, they're asking about the uh, Muda thing. And uh, just, oh, you yeah. know, obviously right now nothing's happening, but is that still like something on the horizon or something you're still hoping to see or? I think it's something that I would love to do. Yeah. Um, personally, uh, I would have loved to have done it at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and it was to me, uh, I guess I could tell you guys this. It, uh, the big thing that I really wanted to pitch that I pitched hard for was to wrestle Liger for the title at Madison Square Garden because it was his because it was his farewell year. Um, but you know they they had other plans. Uh, but uh, you know, but Muda, um, I I wrestled uh, for uh, Muda's promotion in Japan in. 2013 when I was the TNA world champion uh, and if you look on YouTube you can find it somewhere I wrestled a guy called Kai K-A-I uh, and he was kind of he's one of Muda's protégés and we had a we had a really good physical hard-fought match and I think that uh, I, I don't know I mean I, I don't really know Muda that well but you know like I said we, we had that and there have been a couple of times where I mean, oh, look, he agreed. He agreed to do the. He agreed to do the spot uh, at WrestleCade. So I think, honestly, it was just one of those things where, between Muda and Sonny Ono and and David and everyone, we all sort of agreed that it was a cool thing to do. And then and then we just sort of agreed, like, hey, let's try to make this work, you know, off the other side. And we had we had a similar thing with with Blue Demon Junior in Mexico too, where Blue Demon was like. So people don't remember this because it was, <laughs> but he he kind of went into business for himself at NWA seventy and like during his during his uh, interview they like they said hey well, who do you think is going to win in the title he's like I don't know but I want to challenge the winner and it was just kind of like oh okay. I always wondered about that yeah <laughs> yeah he just he just he just went for it man and, you know but that's like these guys that you know they're the business like they're just they're like hey let's let's make something happen and I that's. That's really what we, we thought with Muda. It's like, well, let's see how people react to it. And then if, if there's something there, then then maybe both sides will be encouraged to try to sort of work something out. And I think that based on the response, I think it's definitely something that we'd want to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing for the chat that I definitely wanted to hit on with you is where do, where do you where do you land on you obviously you're here and you're very open with us and talking to us about this stuff. You mentioned the Liger stuff and the Muda stuff here. Where do you land on kayfabe now? Like as far as like people, it's as far as us talking to you in this way. Like, you, you, you know, you obviously have your show now that, that kind of scratches the surface of that too. But, you know, with people that are actually in the business, does it bother you or irritate you with fans and like how much they think they know or know or, well, that's two different questions. Um, <laughs> yes, it, do, it does bother me when people who aren't qualified to do so want to weigh in on certain stuff or uh, there's, there's, there's a, the, the most overused word in wrestling is should, you know, they should do this. So-and-so should be the champion or so-and-so should get a push. You know, they should, they should do this more. It's, you don't know. You know, like it, it, there's, there's always so much more uh, than meets the eye, you know, that, that you have to take into account um, people's contract status, 
you know, money, people's attitude backstage, uh, you know, different agendas that are happening. It's like, yeah, sometimes you don't want agendas to get in the way of what's best for the fans. But in my, it's just my opinion, but a lot of fans, they, they don't know what they want. You know, they, 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 all they know is that they, what they, all they really want is to be a puppet master, right? They don't actually want, you know, so-and-so to, to be a top guy or so-and-so to be the next champion or so-and-so to get a push. All they really want is to be acknowledged. And all they really want is for them to think like, my opinion is important. That's why you see like this sort of hot potato with, with the top spots, I think, because they, you know, I think a lot of promotions became too sensitive to this stuff and tried to appease everyone. And you can't, you know, uh, there's, uh, I don't know if you guys watch the show Hot Ones. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love that show. If, if, if you see, the, if you if you've seen the one with Noel Gallagher, like it's just it's so he has a line in there, and I'm gonna paraphrase it because I can't remember it verbatim. But he says something in there to the effect of, like, fucking fans don't know what they want, like they they don't what they they don't know what they want until we tell them what they want. Right. Meaning that, you know, once you put something out that is just head and shoulders above at most other fair in the business in terms of quality or in terms of feeling special, suddenly everyone will be clamoring for it. Perfect example being that like three years ago, everyone would have said, oh, you know, long title reigns you can't do them anymore oh you know all all this build up to one match is you know it's the, the no no one cares about the build anymore and you know no one cares about tradition anymore nobody wants to see you know this and that and then we come along and do a sort of modern twist on a, on a classic you know and suddenly everybody starts going oh yeah that's really great you know that's what's been, that's what's been missing in wrestling is uh you know is this is this like you know long long form you know price it's like so nobody was it wasn't like we sat there and went okay this is what the fans this is what the fans are saying that they that they want it's this is this came from me and billy and dave all going why the hell don't we do? Why is why is no one wrestling doing this anymore? Doing that anymore? Like my, I've talked about this before, but my first conversation with with Dave, I basically articulate my thoughts on on what's what the wrestling business isn't doing, and he conveys that to Billy, and Billy calls me right away and is like, "I'm picking up what you're putting down," and he goes, "I'm because I'm I'm all for variety in wrestling and everybody getting a shot, but like." I'm sick and tired of watching guys that look like my next door neighbor do gymnastics with each other. And I said, I'm with you hundred percent. Let's do something else. And it's like, but if you'd have, but if we'd have said that when we did our stuff, those same fans would have all been butthurt and been like, Oh, F those guys. Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're stuck in the past. You know, you're, you're, blah, you know, this and that. But when we, because ultimately it's like I said before about trying to be an attraction, it's just, once you present something and it's like you own it a hundred percent and you're like really, really with it, everybody just goes, Oh, Hey, look at that. You know? And, and you can't, you can't engineer that. 
that's that ha that just is that is usually a result of a lot of time and reps and a bit of serendipity and all those things came into play with us and and here we are yeah um where where does a guy land like like you land right now with with what's going on in wrestling obviously everybody's trying to do something different like uh do you, do you care to speak on like how uh, you know, just as far as cinematic matches, empty arena stuff. I mean, the NWA, uh, Lagana was on here and he talked about, you know, that they're just not, you guys are just not going to do that. Not, not empty arena. No, I did press him in the Carnyland post thing today. And I was like, so you're saying no cinematic matches. And he was like, I did not say that. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's, I'm being an investigative journalist, Lagana. But uh, he, uh, he definitely did say, no empty arena matches like they just they they didn't want to do the same thing these guys were trying where where's your head at on on how that looks and how you feel i can't say i i really enjoy uh, watching any wrestling in an empty building but yeah i don't disagree with the with wwe or aw for doing it or anyone else who decides to do it for that matter because it's it's they have an obligation to their television rights so it's you know it's i get it like you, you got three hours to fill or two hours to fill as 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 much as as much try as you might there's no way you can fill that much time without some wrestling um, so yeah but we we just looked at it and went well we're we're lucky in that respect we we tried we tried to take advantage of our circumstances, be them positive or negative. Uh, and one thing that, that stood out to us during this time is I said, this might end up being a blessing in disguise for us because if you look at the numbers for the other companies, they've all, they've all dropped because there are the, the, the less dedicated fans, uh, you know, the one who are just going to go, uh, I just can't, I just can't do that. I can't do it. Can't sit through the empty, empty building stuff. It's too weird. It's too awkward or whatever. And hopefully they come back, but it might be a good opportunity for us to go, Hey, if you haven't checked it out yet, like we've got 20 episodes of a show here, you might like, because we know that we're like fifth or sixth in the packing order in terms of, you know, who you can sit, like where, where your attention is going to go. So we we might we look we we say all the time brick by brick it's like we try to win them over one fan at a time man we don't we we don't we don't have the ability to buy billboards all over the country and you know create all this buzz and and you know pay millions for for guys with exposure we have to develop our credibility and get earn the trust from the audience one fan at a time so uh in some ways we're sort of fortunate because not only do we get a chance to maybe lure some fans over to our stuff during the time that they're just not digging the, the empty arena stuff, but also we're not under, we're not under any pressure to deliver, you know, for, for a network or, or a board thing, which obviously is not a great situation to be in, in one way, but in another way is quite an advantageous position because now we can be a bit more creative and try stuff hence Carnyland and you know my show and, and look no matter what happens uh in terms of when we can get back into GPB or when we can go back to you know to more regularly kind of scheduled programming 
I think that no matter what, we've added at least two or three more hours of weekly original content with my show and Eli's show and the girls like that, that, that those aren't going to go away. So in a lot of way, and, and now we have a whole new revenue stream with, with the Patreon that, the, the way exceeded expectations. I mean, smashed our, our original sort of guess of what we would, we would get for it in terms of revenue and it's still growing. So it's like necessity sometimes breeds invention and yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of in that spot now. So yeah, it's, it's quite encouraging. I think. I never doubted you guys for a second because of just where it started from going back to like 10 pounds of gold um i was i was i bought in then but i just i don't know like it, when all of this started going down i was like well if any company knows how to pivot and do something different this is this is the company these guys have been doing it and they've been doing it from scratch since day one so it seems easy for them i mean i'm sure it's not easy but it just seems like i felt like the bigger companies are going to be struggling they're going to be like oh what the hell do we do now and you guys are going to be like, well, we've got ideas. Like there's lots of stuff that we've been kicking around this whole time. Well, yeah, a, a lack of pressure uh, is, is often, you know, the, the key to, you know, get being creative. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I put the cigar out because I don't want to smoke out this room so bad. And, and the, uh, the draft is not really working here. And I know I'll get heat with the missus, but, but um, I, but I was thinking about the cigar when you're talking because uh, one of my favorite uh, Seinfeld comedians in cars episodes, one with Larry David, and and they're talking about him smoking a cigar, and they're kind of like, "What is it about the cigar that you know, some that kind of conveys wisdom and you know, sort of sage advice and stuff?" And he said, like, "Well, it takes time. You know, the cigar takes time. A man smoking a cigar is in no hurry. You know, he's he's not pushing to meet a deadline. He's." he's like just letting things flow and it's like that's that's a very good analogy for sort of where we're at in the sense of like look we we, we all we all we can do is try something and we've we've tried to be authentic and honest with our audience and, and develop that trust with them from the beginning where we just go look we're trying something like let us know what you like and don't like you guys right here like let me know what you want to see you guys are all uh patreons right yeah so you know what 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 is it that you guys would like to see let's do a little market research here. what what is it that you guys would like to see from from us as far as the premium paid patreon content uh i like uh i i really like of all the the Patreon stuff, well, of all the Carnyland stuff that came out this week, I mean, your show was was my favorite, and uh, the the war story analogy that Gary brought up was was on point. I'd like to hear some stories about, uh, you know, the indie circuit. I live here in Ringgold. I know who Nature Boy Polly is, and I was there at uh, Wrestle Jam three. I think you were there as Magnus, and um, and uh, uh, it was. Uh, I, I'd like to hear some of those stories, like the was it uh, Carney Chris or who who was it you alluded to and. That, that's the stuff that I think is really, really like the, 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 just the, uh, the in the trenches stories, man. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I understand that. I, and I, I definitely felt last week from the feedback that the, the true Carnyland stories thing was, was one, of the, one of the things that people liked the most was getting that, getting that um, 
first person sort of account of some wacky kind of crazy wrestling experiences. I think for me, um, you know, I love I love NWA for the historical aspect. So, you know, maybe some some uh, you know not trivia or, or anything like that, but like you know some more historical stuff talking about. And I I don't know the the legality of you know I know WWE Network probably owns a lot of the old WCW footage, and I know all those pay per views and stuff are on there. But maybe even going back before that um, to be able to kind of tell that story from from the beginning and just to show that history. Um, and have you know current guys like you even talking about it and how how that influenced you I think that would be um, a really great watch yeah cool I one of the one of the things that I uh, pitched this week or that we're discussing was uh, something where every week we pick one one guy from from history to sort of study and focus on and go back and and you know and, and have one of the talent who are particularly passionate about that that person you know kind of maybe give a, a brief sort of presentation of who they are and like what matches to go go look up and what moments to go look up and stuff like that so that might be something that ends up becoming a sort of regular patreon thing for the because we know that that you guys are the real sort of ardent fans and really want to consume as much of that stuff as possible so i think that that would be something to keep an eye out for because i thought about it because my friend Steve uh, started a podcast uh, and he's, he's in the UK and he had Tony Sinclair on and Tony Sinclair was was a legend, a British legend. And he, and he's been so good to me. He was, um, he, he, he was, he wrestled tons of tours for new Japan back in the day. And he's wrestled all these, I mean, he wrestled Andre Hogan, you know, all these top guys, but uh, he was, he, settled in germany so he he booked us he would book me in germany a lot and but he even booked me and mickey and which you know he's just just such a wonderful guy but he's best friends with um rollerball mark rocco and he's someone who for you know I, that's why I, when i was watching it when i heard him talking about him i said that's what that's what gave me the idea for this segment for this sort of content for for the, for the nwa fans was like man i wish more people went back and watched Rollable Mark Rocco because let's face it, if you did it in the WWE first, you get labeled as the innovator of a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or, or in, or, and then on a sort of broader scale, if you were an American and you were the first American to do something, you got labeled as the sort of innovator of it, you know, and, uh, I would, you know, you sort of go back through these different periods and you go, oh, you know, so-and-so was the innovator of this style or so-and-so was the innovator of that, whatever. And uh, when it comes to British wrestling, you know, a lot of the time people kind of talk about Dynamite Kid and, and with very good reason. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. But Rocco was one of the, was like one of the guys that put Dynamite on the map, you know, in the UK. So, and when, you know, people talk about Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid. Well, Rocco was the original Black Tiger, like the 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 the, the villain counterpart to Tiger Mask. So it's like he. And if you go back and watch his stuff, the stuff he was doing in the seventies and eighties, like, is so ahead of its time. But he also had charisma. He had heat. You know, had had a look. Um, and you know, even Fit Finley, like people, people know of Fit Finley and they talk about Fit Finley, but 
if, if you've only seen the, the WCW Fit Finley, where he was kind of portrayed as like, oh, he's a barroom brawler and he's a tough guy and stuff, it's like, no, man, he was a phenomenal, smooth, like technical wrestler and innovated so much stuff and had amazing heat and amazing character work. So it's like, yeah, you know, I think for me, I would love to try to go into the weeds on on some of those guys and not, and not just British guys, but, you know, a lot of those guys from that sort of uh, era that, was before the sort of really romanticized TV era of the eighties, you know, we've, uh, we've it, actually it, been it, kicking it. something around like that. So that's interesting for you to say that too, but, uh, yeah, that, that we're, we're interested in that, that exact kind of thing. I've been actually doing a lot of research, trying to figure out like, where's the best place to start on something like that, because the NWA has its roots all the way back to the beginning of all of it. And, uh, it just uh it, it just lends itself perfectly to like get some modern understanding of who all of these people were from the past yeah, right, you were... like piper's notes uh styled fan reactions to some classic matches where i would really like to see uh, the champ delve into his days in india uh because that's something that that we read about but we don't really have a lot of access to here uh and and um so you know just yeah, that, that would. Yeah, that, that would. It's it's tricky because I I would I would guess that Impact owned that footage. I don't really know what what happened with that with the footage of that stuff. I mean, I know if you look hard enough, it is on YouTube. I think ring cucking stuff, and I think I have some of them kicking around on on disc. But yeah, it's 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 a shame because it really is an interesting. Um, it's an interesting show because the production value was huge. I mean, they had, they had a, a, a they built the studio, this sort of arena for, for it was they, they basically came to Orlando, the Indians, and they came and, and basically looked at, studied the impact zone in, at Universal. And they basically went back and built their own version based off those specs, but it was bigger. Um, and it was in, so we did it in a, in a city called Pune uh, in India. It's about th three hours from Mumbai. But they did it there because uh, the Commonwealth Games had been there. And so they had like the athletes village from when the Commonwealth Games were there. So it was just one. So they had a, f you know, fully, fully equipped gym and catering and everything was all there in one place. And that's where they did the shows in one of the, one of the big sort of arenas that had been, I, I you know, I, I guess something, but probably I would, I would guess from the size of it, probably like tennis or something like that, because it was sort of a couple of thousand, I think, but it, yeah. And it, so, I mean, and they, they built this incredible set. I mean, like, then we had pyro and fire and, you know, I mean, all it was, it was, it was fantastic production value and, and the people were nuts because they'd never really seen anything before. So you get a, huge reaction for like the smallest thing i mean a lot of us we had so much fun because it was like going back in time it was like being a wrestler in the 70s or 80s again because you would do a big move and everyone would be, ah, you know we would think like no one would no one would pop for a body slam you know in the states or anywhere else but but here they will you know i remember the first the first match went out and they booked it kind of similarly to how they would book a TNA show, which is like, Oh, we'll send the X division guys out first to kind of get them all fired up and get them going. And 
they did all these great high spots and all this sort of stuff. But the audience had no idea what they were watching. They were just kind of like, uh, uh. and then I wrestled Matt Morgan and like Matt's huge. I'm like a heel, just kind of like giving them the business. And then, you know, I something rather hit the ropes, Matt tackles me, flattens me, I take a huge bump and they erupted. You know, we, we were just like, yay <laughs> it's easy <laughs> you know like i remember we you know we would come back and all the veterans you know like chavo and all these different guys would be going to everyone do less you know like we like they're really easy to pop like let's like let's not let's not you know for, excuse my vulgar term but let's not shoot our wad here you know like let's kind of <laughs> let's let's just kind of take it easy you know sorry sorry doctor sorry doctor. <laughs> <laughs> dad what does he mean by shoot my wad <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, India was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, obviously, stories from it are fun. But yeah, there's, it's it's hard to do any sort of um, any sort of real in-depth stuff. On it because I don't, I don't even know who owns the the uh, the footage. But what about uh, watch along stuff? You guys, you guys, do you guys enjoy that kind of thing? Like, oh, we've been playing around, like, man, with uh, the cast app. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, it's, it's, you know, it's completely illegal, I guess. But uh, we'll, we'll like throw on, uh, we've been doing it sometimes with some of the uh, people that follow the podcast and stuff. We've been throwing it out on Twitter, like, hey, if you want to watch an old NWA pay-per-view, like we did like Starcade 89 or something like that. And uh, we uh, throw it up on the cast app and you could basically stream it and people could chat in the chat room, you know, like when you guys throw up a Crockett cup or whatever. So uh, I think there absolutely is a place for that because uh, people, people have shown up to that and people seem to love that. Like just, just and, watching and it all. There's a lot of public domain stuff out there. Like, uh, like I put up a Luthez Vern Gagne match the other night. There's a lot of like Pat O'Connor stuff. That's, that's, that's not copyright owned. That would be fascinating to get like the champs uh, take on something like that. And, and just how the sport has evolved over the years. I mean, I, I, I don't know how that's going to appeal to kids or anything like that, but for people like the, the three of us and people that follow us, I think that would be absolutely amazing to, to sit in a, uh, in a watch along with you uh, watching Pat O'Connor or, you know, an old uh, Dory Button Jr. Match, uh, something that's, you know, that we're not going to get any trouble with any, content owners or anything like that sure sure yeah yeah, so that, yeah. And, and you mentioned dory what about um what well, one of the things that i wanted to do is is i want to i really want to try to sit down with as many real old timers as i can you know and, and really sort of pick their brains and go through all the old war stories well i mean but a lot of that's going to hopefully be part of what's causing all this but that's um i the the I, the one thing I wish, you know, I wish that when when I sat down with Harley, that we had, uh, I mean, obviously it was it was tough because Harley was at that point, you know, was 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 not not long for the world. So we, we we wanted to be respectful of his time and not, you know, really sort of get a whole lot. But there, there's times where I sit back and I think, God, I wish I wish I'd asked him about this or asked him about that, and you know, pushed push a bit more on a few other things. But honestly, even though I I went to his camp and obviously seen him, you know, here and there. I'm, I'm still, I'm still really nervous. If you go back and watch that, I was super nervous 
talking to Harley, which I, which doesn't happen often, but I was, uh, you know, I just, I held him in such high esteem that I, you know, the few times where I was a bit kind of deer in the headlights with him, but uh, yeah, Dory, Dory would be a good one for that. It'd be, you know, fun to get some stuff in because he's a great storyteller. Um, so yeah, it, it's, that's definitely something that we're looking at on the horizon for, for what's causing all this is, is maybe some good in-depth stuff with some real classic old timers. Yeah, do you know? I, I'm getting asked about it in the in the chat, but I, I don't even know how much you know about this. Like, what what kind of library came with the NWA? Do you know any of that stuff? Like, as far as like what what's in there that is not owned by the WWE already? So, it's a bit murky. I don't know the 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 official status today because it changes uh, quite often. But basically. Uh, Billy had, in my understanding, he had uh, paid for the rights to uh, some Houston Houston wrestling library, um, but it's it, it's been quite contentious. Uh, there are sort of there are times where uh, it's been you know that, that, that I'm not really that there's that there's a little bit of a gray area about ownership and and. Um, there's been a couple of times where there's just been a lot of headaches with it sort of on a legal front. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where our stuff comes from is the Houston wrestling library, because as far as I know, uh, Houston, Memphis, maybe one or two other territories are the only ones that, that WWE haven't acquired. Uh, and it's mostly because there is this sort of gray area when it comes to ownership of it. So there isn't any way for them to definitively own it without, without there being sort of, uh, without other people having the rights to broadcast it too. But the, the, most of the stuff that you've seen in our, any of our content has, has been Houston library archive footage. What's your, uh, what's your favorite thing you've seen on Carneyland so far outside of your, your idea? Yeah. Uh, probably um, Allison's uh, promo class thing. Oh, they, just, yeah. they, just, they just popped me because me and Marty would do that with each other. Like we, we would sort of, that was one of the things that we would do in the car or like if we're hanging out, like messing around, we would literally do exactly that. Like parodies of like terrible promos with all those different cliche sort of mannerisms and phrases and things that, and, and it is so. I, I mean, I do it with matches too. Like I, you know, I'm like, I'll be like, okay, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a babyface wrestler on the indies, so of course I have to like jump up and down and clap before I run and you know, like you know, hit the ropes and dive over the top. Like, like why? Why do you have to do that? Why does everyone have to do that? <laughs> you know, um, why do, why, why do we have? Why does everyone? You know, why does everyone always elbow someone in the stomach three times to get out of a hold? It's never once. It's always three times. Three is the magic number. Like one, two. I'll, okay, now I'll let go. You know, it's too much. I can't take it. I can't take. I can't take three elbows to the guy. The first two were okay. You know, but it's like so. We always kind of make fun of a lot of the stuff in wrestling. And so, yeah, the promo class got me because she she hit every single stereotype thing that in a in a bad promo was hilarious. I still feel like she is so overlooked. Like, sorry, Robert. Yeah, I just. No, I was curious. Did, did she write that? Because again, I, what Gary was about to say, man, I feel like Allison K. I she she is overshadowed. I, I, 
people who really like deeply love the NWA really love Allison Kay and, uh, and not to throw shade on anybody else. I mean, I think we, the women's division in the NWA is so vibrant, but Allison Kay is one that I feel like, I think, uh, uh, Jason Kaylee was saying she was like the stone cold of the NWA's women's division. I love Allison Kay. She's my absolute favorite. And uh, to hear that, I was like, man, I wonder if she wrote that or David Lagana wrote that, but I, I imagine she did. Right. As, as far as I know, she wrote it. I mean, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that David probably collaborated with her, you know, like with most stuff, obviously they still, David and Billy still oversee all the content before it goes out. So there may have been a, there may have been a note here and there, but as far as I know, yeah, she, she wrote, she's, you're right. She's, uh, she, she's, she's a great talent, a great mind. And she's the best, I mean, she's the best talker hundred percent for me, for the, from the girl, she's the best promo. Uh, and I, I think that, I think with her, you know, it's just a timing thing, you know, Rosa came in and, and you know, caused a lot of buzz. And then uh, with, with Camille, was sort of pull, uh, pulling the trigger with Camille kind of, it, it, it's the, the cool thing about Allison is that uh, she understands that you kind of pick your moment. It's a bit like surfing, you know, you, you, you kind of wait for the perfect wave and you, you know, you ride back in and she, she's going to be absolutely fine. And things like this, it's, it, it just, it's a test. This is, it's easy to, capitalize on momentum when you've got momentum it's not so easy to be able to ride out the the periods where someone else is the shiny new toy and then kind of pick your moment to remind everybody no i'm the, i'm the big shit around here yeah. way of looking at it guys i don't want to keep the champ all night long he's obviously got family in the background the guy has been super generous with our time or with his time uh and this has been awesome, Nick. We we appreciate you, and uh, and I'm also not kicking you out, but I'm just saying. I mean, oh, I know you got other was, stuff was, to do. I would. Well, I was about to say. I feel like I've completely sort of derailed uh, your your format here. Like what you, you know, nobody you cares would, anymore. This, nobody this, is, <laughs> this is the format, man. Do an A session. I will still do the recap. We'll be on here till 4 a.m. It doesn't matter to us. If Doc Stinson, I mean, as as much of a family man, good boy as he seems like, that dude will try to keep us on here until like 3 a.m., like drinking and talking about wrestling. Like he will will not stop. I managed to keep Nick Alvis on Piper's notes off the camera for about an hour. I tried to milk it uh, every last minute of time I could get from him. It was so, it was so, so much fun for us. <laughs> you, you got to watch. You got to watch Robert Stinson. You can't trust the man. He's, he's got a dark side. <laughs> I'm sure of it. We did our, we did our, he, he's posted all these pictures of his wife and like uh, being out on the weekend Then he comes in and like sweet talks. Like, yeah. By the way, let's talk, let's talk about that for a minute because I saw right. that we should we shared this, uh, the fact that we were both 86 birthdays. Right. I mean, how the hell, how the hell did you manage to, to put a ring on someone who was born in 86? Man, I make a lot of money, brother. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> how did you put a ring on Nikki James? That's what I'm saying. I, the same thing. You're, you're the, you're the national you're, treasure. You're, you're, Around you're, here, they call me Eddie Crockett, king of the wild frontiers. So, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> Hey, look. Like real recognizes real. I I applaud you, but yeah, no, sir. It was, uh, but yeah, exactly. There you are, Gary. Uh, Gary, uh, look, 
Will, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you out of this, but one, because you, know, you haven't really done anything to piss me off yet, and, and two, because I don't know enough about you, but, you know, let's face it, we all know Gary's punching way above his weight, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no yeah, that. that's true. Where is, where is Jennifer, by the way? Jennifer! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's see, she's, uh, I think she went to bed. I think she gave up on me and went to bed. She's leaving you. She's leaving you 100%. <laughs> thanks this is this is exactly the pep talk i hoped for uh, with getting nick aldis on we're trying to get right whiskey now. gary to show up or you know as earlier as early yeah, as possible an hour from now be because you're right talking about the nwa i'm texting her right now to say like nick's asking for you uh but uh She'll probably be like, no, I'm going to bed and I don't have any makeup and I can't. She texted me to say, she texted me to say earlier, she was like, uh, oh, Nick's in a tank top. He looks like Hugh Jackman. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, shut up. Damn, my wife said the same damn thing, man. The Hugh Jackman <laughs> thing. I, I heard that too, man. It's like, eh, he's all right. It, he's all right. It, it, holds me, it, follows, it follows me around everywhere I go. I'll get people, I'll get people with that. Hey, you know who you look like? No, tell me. We did it. We actually, when we were, when we were in uh, Chicago uh, last, it was like me, Tom, Royce, Kaylee, uh, Camille, sorry, and uh, oh, you did it, and Lagana, yeah. and we were and we were having breakfast at an IHOP, and uh, this the waitress came over. She was just, oh my god, and I was just like, okay, here it comes. <laughs> And she goes, you're Hugh Jackson. <laughs> and we just, we just sat there like, I just went, yeah, g'day. <laughs> you got him, you got him. <laughs> I'm the old right. honey badger, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I will, I will leave you guys to uh, continue your your deep dive into the rest of the episode and uh, I will bid you adieu. Nick, it's it seriously, uh, all the people in the chat, I'm sure I speak for them and Rob and Will by saying uh, it means uh, a lot to you yeah. even. All right. <laughs> I'm done. Whatever. I can't help it. I, I got nothing left to say. To look how, look how low he is. Look how low he is in the window. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I just got down here. I just got to, if she's in bed, it means I could go get the bottle. So whatever. Uh oh. Have to take an intermission here to fill up. All right. See you, gentlemen. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, sir. Good to meet you. Well, how do we follow that? No, we don't. I mean, I don't know. We just bullshit now. Like there's there's nothing to do it do with it. Uh, I think that. I don't know it's hard uh, when he is so mean to me that i i it's like i feel special and so abused at the same time it's no we ain't going nowhere we got notes bro oh no <laughs> oh my god don't you have work tomorrow what are you doing i do have work but i'm a military guy i sleep in three hours first so Come on, guys. Pull it together. We just got. I, mean, I got notes. Listen, I notes with here and here for the uh, Cardi Lab. Will, are you good to uh, take these people to Cardi Lab? I'm good, man. Let's do it. All right. Uh, hopefully, you guys in the chat 
want to talk Hardy Land. Hopefully you're still there. Uh, we just had the champ on. This is good. I what I did hear though, he he mentioned, you know, I feel like it's late enough in the show that it's okay to talk about this. Uh he talked about uh blowing your wad. Like I feel like we just did that like on uh early on in our recaps because it's like, well, now what do you do? Like I keep I bring special guests. How did how did you guys feel? Were you surprised? Were you oh, legitimately yeah, surprised? Did Absolutely. it blow your mind? Because I, I didn't even I, tell I, these guys, chat room, people no, watching. I, I didn't even tell Will and Rob that, that Nick was coming, but we, we talked about it earlier on. And he, uh, and, we knew there was a guest, and we knew it would be big. You brought us Lagana. So I, 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 honestly, I thought it's either going to be Lagana, Billy, or August. So I wasn't surprised. I, I would have been surprised if you'd have brought on Eli Drake or Josephus. I was thinking, man, he's getting just Josephus is coming tonight. But uh, no, nah, it was great, man. Spending time with yeah. the champ. Gosh, man, I'm freaking, I'm on cloud nine right now. Well, it's, it's crazy because, you know, he was talking about, you know, this uh, pandemic and, and NWA being the alternative during the empty arena. That's my story, man. Like, that's what I've said, uh, you know, two months ago. I, I was the guy getting pissed off that there wasn't a crowd anymore and jumped into NWA. And then here I am, you know, a month later talking to the champ on, on YouTube, like, surreal man it's 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 crazy yeah i um well yeah i mean you're you're a baby in this thing like you said and, and that's so cool yeah like it's uh and 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 i wish that i could sit here and tell you i mean for what it's worth i i don't even know if i'm supposed to say something like this but i i would you know for what it's worth I, I wish like nick nick hit me up again so this was this was a pure Nick Aldis wanting to do something for the people watching and wanting to get on here. Like it was just a, it wasn't a Gary hounding the hell out of him to do it. I wasn't ready to like do that to him yet. You know, there would come a time eventually that I would like get on his ass about coming back on the show or something. But uh, this was, this was pure Nick Aldis wanted to, come communicate with the uh hashtag nwa fam like he wanted to jump on and and talk and so i was like well hell yeah dude let's do it oh. so uh all right so uh will let's talk about uh, we're gonna th this is a thing like all of you in the uh chat like we'll just we'll just say it rob rob's sneaking off right now but he's gotta go pee and i don't know if you guys did this to me when i had to do it last time and i'm gonna have to do it again uh, as we get into the, uh, I don't know how you're staying so strong, Will, but uh, I went before we left. <laughs> you know who kills me is I don't know how much you've ever seen of uh, of wrestling days, but that guy covers full like pay per views and stuff. Like he he's he'll do like you know AEW Double or Nothing, which was like four and a half hours long, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. I don't know. Somebody, somebody's asking why I'm always blurry. I, I keep. You just, yeah, you get, you just got blurry. You weren't, you haven't been blurry all night, but you are now. I didn't know if I had, I drank a little too much or not. Oh yeah. Look at that. No, that's, that's what uh, WWE front row in the chat said. Is it whiskey vision? Is that what's happening? <laughs> uh, no, I, I just haven't mastered the freaking webcam yet. Like, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with this thing. I can like, screw around with it in the settings and like turn on and off HD and then it comes back. I don't know what the deal is. 
Hey, in the chat, like as we dive into this, you guys that are still here, still watching, still uh, uh, keeping up with everything, like what what you guys like about Carneyland? What was your favorite spots? What were your least favorite spots? Let's let's get those in there because I think we'll do a quick run through and uh, talk about that. I'll make Will and Rob talk for a minute as uh, Rob gets back. Uh, I'm getting messages back from Jennifer saying there is no way I was talking to Nick Aldis. I have no makeup on. I'm in bed. <laughs> But there's so uh yeah i would have put dave a scooby says in the chat yeah dave scooby says in the chat uh the champ does a great gary impersonation i blame will for starting that and it's uh <laughs> it's hurtful <laughs> so it's endearing <laughs> it's endearing uh i feel like you you did that and uh that has caught on it's like whiskey gary and like leads in it. like like gotta even in the uh in the uh meeting after Carneyland today so well you weren't there so i could tell you this uh so so we had a zoom chat after Carneyland, and it was awkward uh <laughs> i say awkward because i think a lot of people don't know how to use zoom and i say this with all the love and respect that i can offer out to people in the world but you know, there was the whole awkward time of like getting it together. Who's here? Who's not? Is your video on? Are you muted? Like blah, blah, blah. And then people generally, like if you're in a Zoom chat with more than I would say what we have right now, um, <laughs> maybe all just added it. If you're not talking, like mute it, you know, or just be quiet. <laughs> and uh, so there's there's that part of it. Uh, in that Zoom chat of the thing, it was like people's got like kids running around, or there's like a lawnmower going, or somebody's like freaking sitting on a washing machine, or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it's like all this stuff's happening, and Dave Lagat is like trying to talk to everybody. You're like, and you, and I don't know. I mean, it's just me, but I'm just kind of like, hey, hey, mute your microphone, like mute, just hit mute. That's all you gotta do. And uh, finally, Lagana said, I got an idea. Let's all mute. And I'll call on people to talk, and uh, it's uh, but we're it's a learning process, I think. Uh, so anyway, so that happened, and then Legata basically talked a lot about the mayor of Carneyland situation. I took it that they don't know uh, very much about that part of it, uh, that they're still thinking about it. Like, is it going to be a representative from the patrons? Is it going to be a talent? Is it going to be somebody working backstage? We kind of talked about it with Nick, but they seemed real iffy on that stuff. Um, but it seems like it's evolving. And uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned this during my break here, but uh, uh, to me, the the most fascinating part was uh, we had just nominated Maureen for uh, to be a candidate. And at that point, he got a call from Maureen. <laughs> and he's like, I got to take this. Gary, take, take the meeting over. And so there for about six minutes or seven minutes, Gary was leading the council meeting. And I was like, then part of me was like, well, hey, maybe Gary should be the mayor. There you go. Oh, well, that's sweet that's of you. But uh, that was, that was, I, I, that was enough for me. Like, I was like, this is, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, you, you feel pretty good. I, I'm not going to lie when he's just like, all right, you do it. <laughs> like, you, you already, you're a host, take it over. And uh, so that was kind of cool. The reason I thought of all this, by the way, though, is because uh, Legata was going through and 
I, I feel as though Will, again, you started all this, but uh, Legata was going through stuff. And it was just like, uh, I know you're going to do an after show. So, uh, you know, talk about this. And uh, no, you, you guys talk about this part. Do it before Whiskey Gary. <laughs> like, you can talk about my cat monkey after Whiskey Gary. <laughs> and then, like, just, <laughs> he was, I don't know. It was just like, great. And I was telling Jennifer about it. She was like, that's so embarrassing. Like, why is Whiskey Gary a thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Jennifer. That's, that's, that's Will McCartan. That's who started Stop. that. <laughs> Listen, as when you're elected mayor, I need you to get that spelling changed. Um, Cause that's, that's really offensive. <laughs> All right, you guys got to talk to each other for a minute. Cause I gotta, I gotta go for a sec. Will McCartan. Yeah. So then we, uh, um, so that that happened, and uh, and then we spent we spent some time talking about pets. I think several people in the uh, in the uh, the council brought their cats in, and I'm not gonna lie, I brought my cat in as well. Will, do you you you've got cats? I have a cat, and uh, yeah, I don't like her, but we have one. Well, mine was for mine was forced on me, so I I uh, I uh, but I did bring her in uh, or bring him in to uh, to make a little cameo. So uh, there was that, but you know, again, it was a lot of it. It was kind of it was kind of awkward at first. It was kind of hard to uh, understand. I think some of this will be worked out, but I think someone in the chat had said, you know, when you when you uh, you start a Zoom, and you probably know this, Will, because you probably do this quite a bit. When you start a Zoom, you need to begin with laying the ground rules and saying, "Everybody, mute your microphone." Um, yeah, I we think do this every day. We did. I think one thing they may not realize is that the host can actually set that you can actually mute everyone's and they can't unmute it. So, you know, maybe next time they'll just set it up that way. So did anything come like anything definitive come out of the meeting uh, as far as, or was it just kind of open in the floor for ideas? There was uh, the only thing that was substantial that, that has any bearing on the whole NWA community was that that Lagana threw out the prospect that, uh, that the council would serve as something like an electoral college that there would be proportional voting and the, the council members would be weighed more. He also said that there were still spots, a couple of spots, uh, and that they were going to add a spot potentially to make it odd numbered. Uh, and that, uh, or that he would have the, he or Billy would have the definitive vote. Uh, but the biggest thing was that, you know, the, you know, there, this body of council members are going to have, they're going to, their opinions are going to have some weight. It's going to end up having an impact on the show and, and how Carney, the direction of Carneyland. So we're not quite sure, like Gary was saying, I'm not sure if this, uh, if um, this mayor position is like completely thought out. I think they were looking, they were kind of digging through the council members for ideas on a direction and they weren't sold on whether it should be someone from the uh, fan community behind the scenes or, uh, or someone from the talent roster. Everybody, from all three groups got votes. Uh, you know, you had some votes for Sandoval, you had some votes for uh, Elder Sour, you had uh, votes out there for Question Mark, you had votes for, I voted for Maureen Tracy. Um, you had votes for, uh, uh, again, some of the talent. So, so it seemed very organic, like they were trying to fish for ideas. And uh, some of this is gonna take show. I got an email uh, a few minutes ago from Maureen and that's what he said he said you're going to get more communications from Maureen and I got an email from Maureen that there was going to be another meeting uh, here in three or four days 
So that's not on a that's not on a Carneyland day. So uh, I feel like this is something that's going to be a you know you're going to be regularly called into service to to voice your opinion. That's one of your duties as being a, a council member. So it's interesting and it, it's going to have implications. That's the biggest thing. WWE. Uh front row is asking in there how many people are on the call is it worth upgrading from citizen to council member um i would say there was roughly i mean well how many people are allowed to be a council member i, I think they have like a limited spot and like you mentioned uh, i think it said 41 members 41 spots or something like that or, or 40 and they were going to add an odd number yeah, yeah yeah um i mean there had to have been 12, 16, somewhere in there, like people on the call today, roughly. Fluctuated. Yeah. At one point, when we first got in, you know, we walked in, it was nine people. And then at one point, there was maybe 17 or 18. And then a couple had dropped out. And, uh, and there were some folks that just quite couldn't figure out Zoom that dropped out. But uh, uh, I would say to uh, 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 WDB Front Row, yes, there, there, there are. There are limited spots for this. This isn't something that they're just going to continue to put out to make money. They've already exceeded their expectation with Patreon, so it's not like they're they're you know they they have another target to meet. Uh, but um, this is something that you're, you're going to get content that's exclusive just to you. Like the, these video chats are going to be released just to council members. Uh, there's other there's there's going to be he alluded. I don't know if it was a separate channel, but. Uh, certain strands of content that that are on the cutting room floor that are just going to be given to council members. There's also the discounts and that kind of stuff. So uh, it, it's absolutely worth it. If this is if this is something you support, you know, I mean, and and all the levels get very 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 good benefits. Uh, but I would say for somebody, uh, go go ahead and wrap this. Sorry. No, go ahead, man. Well, I was just gonna say, I, especially for a hardcore fan, which I consider WWE front row to be. Um, what I would consider us to be like guys like us, elder sour and uh, that kind of thing that, that you're there, like you're going to be going to power and you also regularly purchase merchandise. And uh, you know, I, I got some DMS, no lie today after that call that were saying like, this is the best amount of money like I've ever spent just cause like each week I'm going to get to talk to somebody. And uh, so That's that, that alone was cool for them and uh right. but but even for like you front row that you i know you're a, a merch uh purchaser and you're at all of the tapings and like all of that stuff i feel like there's going to be like lots of benefits for for that sort of thing yeah. i think they're going to take something we account. haven't really talked about is that the that there'll be a um there'll be talent conversations just with council members and, uh, and so, uh, you know, you, that's something that that alone right now, if you take everything else, that alone is, is worth it. And that's why, you know, we're, we're going to do an intervention with Natalia and, uh, find out where we can't, we can't cut some, cut some, uh, some numbers here and there to make sure Will gets in that number. Cause Will's got to be on the council. <laughs> hey, for the record, she didn't say no, I didn't even bring it up. Um, so, you know, still a possibility. Yeah. Hey, I think there's Gary a and I have like a if, we, if we prove oh, it, <laughs> Yeah, we just did it, and my wife was against it. But but I will say this, that the reason my wife has not, like, fought me tooth and nail over it is that she sees the growth and the energy that's put into this, and not just by me anymore, by guys like you, 
to and uh, that the people like you folks in the chat that are into it and that it actually means something. Folks like Nick to show up on the show. Lagana acknowledges it. She sees it and she's like, yeah. this is something different. This is not just like you're playing Fortnite, uh, you know, <laughs> and staying up all night or something. She's like, this is this is like a this is a real thing, and you're reaching people, and it's it's become something. And so I think she she buys that as a hobby. Very real cultural significance. It's very important, and uh, and my wife does too, man. She and at the Natalia, just knowing what I know about her, she she'll see that as well. I mean, this is something where. You know, obviously, my wife would rather me spend all the moments that I have with her, but she looks at this as a positive thing. Like, Gary, I think you were saying the other day, there are a million other things I could be doing. You know, I could be out here and there doing what, getting in trouble, but I'm not. I'm here with good friends, good people, talking about good, edifying things. And this is a, a something that's a very positive thing. So, if you've got the means, and, and again, all the levels have very good benefits. But if you if you have it within your means uh, to do this, this is something. While the opportunity is there and it's it's quickly dissipating, uh, I would I would jump on it. All right, well, uh, guys, I think we'll jump into the uh, Cardi Land recap, and we can always talk more after that if Rob's still up. And uh, so we'll. Uh, I just like giving you hell, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, Man, how cool was that conversation, though? Like, I, I love talking to the champ. Like, he is such a personable dude and, like, just a, a good, good man. By the way, super excited about the pricing of those suits. Like, when he talked about, like, 500 bucks, I mean, that's still – don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, some dude who thinks, like, 500 bucks is chump change. But, like, if you're buying a suit, like, yeah. that's, that's pretty solid, man. Typically, <laughs> a chump change suit is going to be, like, seven to 800 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So $500 and I own, I have the guy have three suits and I, and at the last suit I bought was like four years ago when I had a little extra money, $500 for a quality custom made suit. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so the episode this week was called, Hey brother, rumor has it. Now I will upfront uh, say that uh, the rumor story i didn't even know there was a rumor story but that was the theme of the episode and it runs throughout the episode maybe a bit too much throughout the episode uh for my taste but there you have it girl power debuts on friday that was the first thing they announced officially i think they maybe caught that there was some confusion about that part uh we saw we got questions about that i think we all maybe did and, and there was uh you know, like they, they said, well, we announced it to Patreon. And I was like, well, I missed it. Or, and why is that a Patreon thing? Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, missed, I missed it too. And I was pretty tuned in to Patreon for that stuff. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, that should be just a, like a regular thing with you. But, you know, uh, all to said they listened to us. Right. So we're, we're, the, <laughs> we get to be the voice. So just saying, you know, I don't, I don't get that one. But, uh, so Corgan does an intro, which I thought was kind of cool. It had a very, uh, I don't know. I thought of Twin Peaks or something for some reason with Cardi Land this time around. I was like thinking of uh, William Patrick Corgan, like talking, us in a talking to us in a narration, leading us into Cardi Land. And it still seems like it's going to be some kind of scripted program. And I'm still not 100% sold that it won't be once everybody can be together again. Like, I feel like there's going to be some 
real weird stuff going <laughs> on once uh, everybody's around each other. Right now, they're trying to fake it. But I think we got some hints that they would totally do that if given the opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, what I did like is he, he did say that the ground is fertile. We're building this land together. Uh, if, you know, some of you are going to approach this as cynical and you're going to just be against anything here. But some of you are positive. Some of you are dreamers. Some of you are going to... Uh, try to build something and we can build this land together the gates are open and uh, I don't know I, I was like I, I, I really dug that intro anything to add to that I just thought the random uh, stock footage that was in there was just like <laughs> it was it was like so uh, so Natalia watched this with me tonight she was uh, in the living room I had it on the tv and uh, so I was getting some, and that was her kind of reaction that came on and she was like, what is this? You know? And I was like, oh, this is, this is Carnyland. This is what we talk about on the internet every night. Um, <laughs> but just like, and it's so funny from, from the perspective of someone like me who, you know, is in, in marketing and content creation, like I've seen all the weird stock footage options that you can purchase. And to me, I'm just sitting there going, they just went out and bought all the weirdest ones they could find and just <laughs> spliced them all together and, and had, you know, the, the narration over it. And I, th I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. I think part of where I got the David Lynch thing was like the, I mean, there was definitely at one point a baby doll with a nail through its eyeball or something. <laughs> that's the one that, that's like, the one what? that stuck out to me too. That was, that was where, that was the point where Natalia like, like spoke up. I could tell she was like, kind of like scratching her head over there. And then like, the baby with the nail in its eye that was when she was like okay what is this <laughs> right. um uh, for me it was the the, the music that was playing because it, it, it i feel like we've heard that before and i'm not i wanted to go back to some 10 pounds of podcast or I'm sorry 10 pounds of gold um before this and look at one of those segments with um josephus coaching billy in the uh, in the studio you remember that where josephus and uh, and was not wasn't that the song that Billy was playing back then? Uh, he was singing. I distinctly recall because I've gone back over this. He was singing something about lover doesn't love as much as love can love. Right, love. something he, he does super that, weird. The, the instrumental intro to that, I think I was like when I was listening, I was like, man, um, that's. That's the same music from back during the Josephus thing that they did. So I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's Rob. If that's true, that is the deepest of pulls. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, that preoccupied me. So I was sitting here thinking. I was like, quickly, yeah. You know, I was like, I got my notepad, and I, I was gonna. I've got my one screen up, watch, trying to catch all the little images and all that. I wanted to go back to one of the old uh, Ten Pounds of Gold segments and. Uh, but Billy Corgan I, is like legit in his apartment right now watching this in the dark and he just threw his bottle of wine against the wall and was like finally someone recognizes my genius oh like, man I, I just yeah, picture man. that hey Billy hey, uh, uh, William Patrick Corgan we done been recognized for genius man we done been recognized <laughs> Dr. Speed just ruined it right there <laughs> 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 He's like, um, all right, six, nine, I didn't, thought we were going to be friends, but now we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen six, nine, by the way? Does that, was yeah. that reference lost on you guys? Yeah. No. Woof. 
You still uh, have seen, uh, uh, the seven stages to achieve eternal bliss, man. That's a great, that's a perfect psychotronic film society movie, man. Oh, well, you should come on and talk about it sometime. Well, you but I digress. That's yet, another. You haven't invited me, so burn. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. In the... Well, first of all, any of you are invited. Like I, whatever. Anyway, the next segment was Cardi Lane College again, and it was Heat 101 with Allison K. And she tries to go into it, but the god dang Zicky Dice interrupts this thing. And uh, this is this is where it started. Already, I was irritated with the rumor thing because I was such a fan of Allison K's last segment, and then Zicky interrupts this one. And this is what I'm talking about. Already, they're doing this like let's faux interact with each other and uh they clearly are taping other segments so it's just fine it, it flowed fine enough it was just like oh hey did you hear the rumor no what rumor uh give zicky to iggy like i don't know anything zicky and uh anyway you guys have thoughts on this part i thought it i thought it was, if it was i thought game. it was a perfect uh use of zicky i mean you know last week the uh the zicky die segment wasn't my favorite um this week it was. I thought that was the perfect, I mean, him coming in and saying, oh, you know, I left something in the girl's locker room. And she was like, no, you didn't. He was like, yeah, no, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, it was just, that was, that was just the perfect, like, comedic, you know, full of himself, skeezy character. And I thought that was perfect. Um, I, I loved it. I mean, again, you know, Allison K was, was number one for me of the whole episode, just, uh, you know, well number two we'll get to my number one later um but i mean that, i just i thought it was great and i thought zicky did a great job and i, I popped for that um i i agree i liked uh, zicky in this uh he, he just seems so like disheveled and uh, this is how i like to see zicky basically harmless um i don't and maybe this is just me being older and not as culturally attuned as you guys are to like what's going on in the in the pop culture but i didn't know what like the icky thing meant like i felt like i was missing out on something i thought it might have been like a i don't want to say this because i could be completely wrong but i thought it was like a pot reference like the ickiest of the sticky or whatever i've heard that before i don't know what he was talking about uh, yeah, uh, sticky well, oh you know <laughs> but uh uh, <laughs> uh but uh, but part of the other part of me though, because I, I like Zicky coming in here. The other part, and this kind of comes up again through my notes like four or five times. I and I love Zicky Dice. I, I he's one of my absolute favorites. But I was annoyed too because I wanted to hear he 101, and then and, and then we get later on to like Tim Storm, and I, I well I'll stop it there. But yeah, I was annoyed partially, and then I was kind of bewildered. But like, what is what is like the icky? What does that mean? So. Maybe y'all can enlighten me. Um, I thought he said Iggy, but I mean, Iggy, yeah, yeah Iggy, uh, dude, I'm, I'm not a stoner either, so I honestly can't vouch for this. is a total will thing, so I'll throw it to him. <laughs> I've got no clue, man. <laughs> Why don't you just, uh, you know, shoot Zicky the uh, invite, get him in here, we'll ask him. Um. I mean, is there any, a thing about Iggy that is that a thing or what? What does that mean? Is that or do you guys not know? Or I have no clue. I, I have no clue what you're referencing. Okay, just making sure I'm not alone here. <laughs> no, he definitely says like give Zicky the Iggy or something like that. Like he, uh, uh, 
I don't know. Talk for a second. I'll, I'll ask. I mean, it's so when I first heard it, I thought he said icky. And then he said it again. And I was, I was like, man, please don't do a, a stoner reference on here. I mean, if that's your thing, that's okay. I'm not here to judge you, but you know, I'm going to have to explain that. But I'm not, I'm not going to ask him to come on the show. If you're going to preach to him, Rob. <laughs> oh, I want to preach to him. He's already been on my show. And we got through it without one preaching moment. <laughs> But uh, uh, but I just it confused me because it's like I feel like that's a reference that as a wrestling fan I should know and I'm I'm a little bit lost on it. So Gary and I are both yeah I don't know it right now. That's why there's like a long <laughs> we're both like let's see let's check Google. So y'all don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, let's just move to the next segment. <laughs> I no no legit what I was doing I was asking Zicky Dice. Like, oh, okay. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll. Now you're acting like a big time in here or something, and I'm not. Yeah. That's not the intention. I'm just saying. You know what? I'll just text uh, Rick Flair. Okay. Uh, hold on. WWE front row is saying giving the Iggy is wrestling slang for giving someone the lowdown for a real story. Well, there you go. There you go. So appreciate that. Yeah. Some insight. Uh, that's what we need, man. That's it. Shout out. Shout out. We're gonna move on or are we just gonna uh, stop here? <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna stay here. Uh because legit the conversation went. I said, Hey man, what what is the Iggy? I've been asked to ask you that in our live chat right now. And he said, On YouTube? <laughs> I said, Yes. And that was, I mean, that and that's the conversation. And then I sent him the Zoom ID and password. So oh, now you know. Well, he's in there now. He's playing poker. He's playing poker. He's in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. That's how we do things around here. That's how. Sorry, that's how Gary does things around here. I've I've been doing this for like three weeks. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, it's how we do things. Uh, WWE Front says in a match, it's a squeeze of the hand from the wrestler to the ref to indicate they're okay. I don't know if that's if that's BS, but that's what it says. Uh, he's watching the show though, so I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, he's losing his ass in poker, so let's all wish <laughs> Zicky Dice the best of luck. He's got other things going on right now. Hey, He's been a money. big online poker player here lately. <laughs> Not much else to do. I'm going to tell you, Zicky Dice, man. Zicky Dice, we, uh, uh, we had him on Piper's Notes, and he was the absolute most great. And, and not to no shade on anybody. All of our guests have been great. Thunder Rosa. Because I was on that show, and it feels like you're really shitting on me right now. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I was saying he 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 was uh, uh, he was a guest man. And he was so gracious to Piper and I, man. We we talked and we talked before and after, and he was he was the absolute like he was of all the guests we've had. He has been Piper's number one, bar none, favorite guest. Zicky Dice has great great guy. I don't blame you, Zicky Dice. I have had nothing but nice things to say about Zicky Dice. He is he has been good to us. The show, he's been one of my favorite interviews. Literally, side note, what's funny today is, and this is this is legit, this is not BS. Somebody 
DM'd me today and sent me a screenshot of their Spotify, and they were listening to Finch, the band Finch. I don't know if you guys know that band or not, but they were like, is this the band you were talking to Zicky Dice about in your interview that like he met and like you guys both listened to and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, as a matter of fact, it is. That literally happened today. So it's uh, really cool to see it pop up again. But anyway, side note. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. The uh, breaking news happens and it's a uh, Emmy award winning journalist, Joe Galley. Uh, I love that he's leaning into this, by the way. <laughs> he's an Emmy award winning journalist uh he is uh he, he knows that there's a rumor and it's true and he's gotta he's gonna give us the scoops and uh but then uh magic wade barrett shows up and uh siri wade barrett i guess cortana wade barrett if you will Steven. he shows up and <laughs> yes <laughs> Whiskey Gary is apparently here. He's here. <laughs> so <laughs> throw your questions. Throw your qu questions for uh, Whiskey Gary in the chat. And you'll get a truthful answer right now. <laughs> so stupid it is there, and stupid it uh, just makes Galley basically disappear again. It says, "I'm going to put a clock on the screen. This is little bit, and uh, when it you know goes around, that means the rumor is going to be uh, revealed." So there's that part. Uh, anybody, any thoughts before I move on to the next thing? You nailed it, brother. You nailed it. All right. Uh, I do. Uh, Legata told us in his after uh, Cardi Land segment with us in the uh, council, council folk, for all of those who are not Patreons, he did tell us this was his favorite segment. And it was actually one of mine. I have it marked here. That it goes into uh, now rejoining our program already in progress. And it was one time only theater. And it's just James Storm saying, and that is why I am the enemy of the state in Virginia. Or maybe it was Vermont. Maybe it was Vermont. Sorry. But I enjoyed that one. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. I've always been a fan of like, uh, I've had a running joke before that maybe I was the only one that thought it was funny, but where you walk in at, at you just tell a punchline and let people imagine like what the joke was. So I, I thought that was kind of in the same, the same realm. And that was really funny. I have now, been alerted by an outside source. I Sorry, Rob, like I'm going to jump in here. I've been a, alerted by an outside source that may or may not be a previous, uh, guests that we've had on the show like 15 minutes ago who says that iggy is an insider term meaning give me a signal that is uh that is what an iggy is so nice. now we know all right anyway rob were you saying something before oh, i was I, just uh, saying you guys are both probably about 10 or 15 years younger than me i think i'm the oldest person on this on this panel you're uh, like 72 <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, you guys are you guys are in your 30s mid 30s yeah uh, we're in the 30s i'm in my we'll mid 20s. we'll say mid 30s yeah 30s okay uh, I, 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 I can bet i'm pretty certain that i'm older than you but i just want to know you got do you guys remember one time only theaters um that would come on because i i, I remember this distinctively and it was like uh growing up like this was a constant frustration in my childhood 
that you this junk would join in and uh, uh, and you would you'd be like, what the heck just happened, man? They couldn't, you know. So that's like a real thing that wasn't just a bit. Well, no, I there's mean, a, there's a I mean, I think it was a bit. I don't think they just like came in on James Storm speaking live and he had been telling a story or anything. But it's clearly a reference to, uh, to um, you know, uh, nighttime television or, or movies in the, in the you know, late 70s, early 80s, and even before that. Uh, we would see that all the time, man. It's like if they, if they had a commercial break, it didn't matter. Where, it's like that studio kept playing the movie. They just put the, they just inserted the commercial break and you would come back and we'd be like, you'd kid it, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd lose five minutes of it or however many, you know, however long the break was. But that was a real thing. Nighttime movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, Legata definitely did say that. He, he remembered like, it would like a, there would be like a breaking news thing and it would come back to like the show you're watching and it'd be like, what the hell is happening on this show right now? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what is the storyline? Uh, anyway, it was good to see James Storm, and it's good to see that uh, Nick casually dropped it in here that in what's causing all this, he is having James Storm on the show. I don't recall seeing that, and if it was on what's causing all this this past week, I also missed it. So I, I, it I didn't well, say it I'm because I thought excited. it might be insider image. Go ahead. Sorry, Will. I missed I, if that happened. I missed it as well. But I, I'm super excited. That's that's one. I, yeah, I, I'm excited I too. I had seen that, but I didn't like announce it to the world because I I didn't know if that was like a thing everybody knew or something. I had seen something about that, but oh no, it's it's good that James Storm's going to be on there. He's he's been one of the guys, uh, one of the people uh, that I've been missing. Actually, this show has a few of those, so I'll get to those. Um, the next thing up is, uh, well, here's one of them. Royce, uh, are you afraid to touch things? Uh, and uh, you get the, uh, you're dealing with hand sanitizer that's only like 95% pure. Well, Mae Valentine is 100% pure, and she has Mae Valentine's 100% pure hand sanitizer here. Uh, pure, 100% pure hand sanitizer. It was good to see Royce Isaac. That's that's all I was trying to say. Royce, you try your shoulders to be all day long. Money sign. That's his name. Oh yeah, he did. He did drop that. That was good. I thought that was funny. Otherwise, I mean, this is going to be the one low point for me. I just, I, if if I had to drop a segment, it'd be that one. I, I mean, Royce was was there later uh with the the bits with aldous and the zoom chats and stuff so you still could have had that's him. a good point okay so this was a low point considering that royce was on so many other things i think one of the things that was happening for me when i was watching this is like i missed my whole cast of characters on nwa power and so you know we've had a few but it's like all right well you brought josephus back in a big role there's question marks there's Nick Aldis, there's Eli Drake, there's uh, Eddie Kingston popped an intro in there. You know, there's all that stuff. And it was like, it was kind of nice to see like a new thing from Royce and May. You're like, even if briefly, I, I was kind of satisfied by that. Rob, anything to add before we move on? Uh, I, I, I didn't hate it. I mean, it, again, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I love May Valentine so much. I just think she's, you know, she is one of these uh, talents that uh, – <laughs> 
just is very, very over right now. I love seeing her. She's gorgeous. She's funny. She's uber intelligent. And I like seeing this whole frustration between Royce and, uh, well, mainly with Royce, where the with mate holding him at bay. So it was kind of funny, man. Her, you know, her being 100% pure, true love weights, all that kind of stuff. Anybody who was raised in the church appreciates the whole uh, true love weights thing. <laughs> you know, we've all lived through it. So um, it, was, it was funny. You know, it wasn't my, my favorite spot, but I, I, I thought it was pretty harmless and didn't, uh, you know, didn't uh, take away from anything. So. Yeah, dude, I, I was totally in on all that stuff. I, I wasn't getting laid anyway, so it was easy for me. But uh, anyway, uh, the uh, Tim Storm history lesson, it happens. Uh, uh, I, I was happy to see Marty Bell. I miss, I miss my Marty Bell. I love her so much. She's just an angel. Uh, Kyle Davis is also there, and uh, Tim's trying to teach the lesson, and uh, it gets interrupted by the talk of the rumor again, so you know wish i'd have got more out of out of miss bell and kyle but you know here we are what you guys think yeah i was also a little let down by this because uh, as i said i was watching with my wife and as soon as the tim storm's history came on like i i audibly was like yes this is this is right be you this wanted to hear part. actual history from tim yeah Storm. but this is my favorite part and um and then when it got kind of uh hokey um you know, with Marty and Kyle, which, you know, it's funny. And, and I also, I'm glad to see them on there as well. But then when it got cut off, I was just kind of like, oh, you know. Um, so I, if the expectations hadn't been so high, set, set so high from last week with the Ben Franklin bit, uh, I probably wouldn't have been as much let down. I, I did my doctoral dissertation on the Civil War. So I was like, oh, my gosh, they're about to talk about Abe Lincoln, my favorite American president of all time. And, and uh, Rob, not to cut you off, but he, he starts off with like, is, is he like a strategic genius or is he a carny? And you're like, oh, this is fun. Like, let's, I was let's like, no, talk. no, he, he is both. He is a strategic genius and a carny. I mean, this is a guy who reformed. Uh, Y'all about to have to stop me here because this is a guy who, who made, through Gideon Wells' leadership, the modern American Navy. I mean, this is a, the greatest wartime president we've ever had. Uh, I wasn't going to stop you, but you just said a bunch of shit that I don't, I don't understand. So <laughs> but, I, but I will, I will raid you in. <laughs> I love seeing Marty Bell again. Um, the so this is like where the, the part where the uh, we're in retrospect, like the whole hinting at the rumor thing started to burn me a little bit because it's like, oh my gosh, man, this is a this rumor better be big. They better be announcing that EP three is coming. Or something like that. They're just going to be a roster Dude, edition. It legit like pumped the rumors so much. I'm so glad you said this. And this goes back to like our weekly episode where I said the exact same thing that like, wait, you you say exactly what's like in my other side of my mind that I like try to step around. But that was it. Like I was legit <laughs> watching this thing, and I was like, as much as you are pumping this rumor, it better be an EC3 promo at the end of this thing. Like that better be what we're seeing. It was not, but anyway, I'm just saying, same page. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what it was. I, I wanted to see because uh, I learned a lot about Ben Franklin. I didn't know. I wanted to learn some more about Abraham Lincoln. I really am a huge Abraham Lincoln mark. Uh, uh, like I said, I did a lot of uh, research in his documents. I've studied many of his private letters. I was like, man, I can't wait to hear this information. And, uh, and so when they interrupted this one, I'm like, please, 
tell me on Carney Land next week we're going to give Abraham Lincoln his due. Let's hear that. And and this rumor better be worth it. So those are my thoughts on that. I think we're feeling things out still. Like I I think they're trying to like learn what people really want to see. And like I I think personally my opinion is is that something like uh, the Tim Storm history lesson maybe they maybe they didn't realize how much people actually just. Uh, just let the guy tell us the history lesson <laughs> like, like that we legitimately just want to hear history from tim storm like that would be fun uh and and especially i feel like that was a you you uh you you hit the like the clickbait headline there was abraham lincoln a great strategist or is he a cardi and it was like i'm in let's talk about abraham lincoln let's do this and you don't you don't talk anything about Abraham Lincoln. That was disappointing for me. And I know that's stupid to say because it's a wrestling show or whatever, but it's not a wrestling show. This is Cardi land. And wow. uh, God damn and it, don't tease me it. with that. You could have done it and still pulled off the whole rumor bit without, without invading too much into that little segment, which I thought like last week with Tim Storm, that was one of my favorites, man. You could have done both. So, you know. Agreed. All right. Uh, so we'll move on to the next thing. It's like, uh, I, I just, this says how much I thought of it is Hey brother. I wrote, and there's like Thun, Thunder Rosa, some guy named Tom Campbell, who legitimately, I have no idea who it is. Maybe you guys do. And, and uh, Marty Bell, Quarantine Barry, they're like talking about rumors and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, you guys are leaning into the rumor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely at this point that it was like uh, a little bit overkill for me. All right. Then the clinical psychologist that they introduce, Galley introduced, I believe, is Dr. Rose Hathaway with uh, Sal Bernaro. Uh, I was just happy to see Sal. Absolutely. I, that, that was my, yeah, that was my takeaway from this one is I was just happy to see Sal. Uh, he thinks that the rumor is he's getting fired and they're like, well, you're not employed. And he's like, that's, <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> and uh he uh and then he starts running into things like there's a tasmanian devil but is there a tasmanian angel and uh that was the best Ninja turtles how are they been teenagers for 40 years and was, uh i love that so much but if it's youtube and you're watching it with your friends is it we tube that's what and, we're doing right uh, now yeah is this we tube uh, so I was into the Sal Renaro segment. Legitimately, like some of the stuff was clever, and then also I just miss Sal. Sal's like a legit good guy. What'd you guys think of uh, of that part? I thought it was excellent. I loved seeing him. I thought he did a <laughs> great job, and I mean that was. I, I thought you know I was a little. Um, I'll say this, uh, not to get like too serious, but I was a little um, apprehensive you know, with, with all, and we talked about this on the weekly, but with all the emphasis on mental health and things like that, I was like, okay, hopefully they're not gonna uh, about to like make a mockery of, of psychology, right. Um, therapy and things like that. And they didn't, I mean, they, they really didn't. I mean, the, uh, Dr. Rose was professional and it didn't at all, you know, I don't think paint, you know, therapy or, or seeing a, a psychologist or anything in a bad light. It was just Sal being off the wall, you know, and, and it was entertaining. So I, I, 
I, I will say that when it started, I was kind of like, uh oh. And then they, I thought, executed it, it in a way that was was great. Uh, I loved it. I thought, because uh, uh, like you guys, I love Sal Renaro, man. He's one of my favorites. He's uh, always so, uh, it brings so much light and levity and, and joy. You know, the guy's clearly happy and he loves what he does. Uh, and I felt like it was like a reprise of like Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. I don't know if you guys remember that, man. It's like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, blow ye winds like the trumpet blows, but without the noise. I mean, it's like everything he said, I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know? And uh, Rose Hathaway, man, I'm like, gosh, we got to see more of her. I, I'm i digging Rose Hathaway, Dr. Dr. Hathaway. Oh, why? Like, <laughs> uh, well, uh, just – can, oh, can we shoot straight on the show? I mean, um, I thought she I, was I like, we're here for. like, I thought she was fire, man. She was like, she reminded me of like Miss Tessbacher or a Stacy Keebler. She was gorgeous and, and knowledgeable and, and, and uh, struck me as like a real psychologist. And she may be for all I know, but uh, I, I loved her. I want to see more of her kind of like, I want to see more of Mae Valentine and Sal Renaro just, man, his bits were, this was this was Jack Handy all the way. I loved it, man. One you know what? The one thing I remember from Jack Handy is is uh, him saying <laughs> he said like uh, people are like sleekies, like generally pretty useless, but like a lot of them can bring smiles to your faces when you push them down the stairs. <laughs> My favorite Jack Handy comment was when he. <laughs> He says something like, he says, I, I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but he says, uh, he says, me and my cousins had a, had a friend named Uncle Eddie. Uncle Eddie was covered with air, and every now and again, he would eat one of us. Then we realized Uncle Eddie was a bear. <laughs> my, my favorite one, I, I, I go down the rabbit hole of these and like will binge on them on, on the internet, but my, my favorite one, short and sweet, and it's just, I'd rather be rich than stupid. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. all right uh right. Chat room, people, wanted to tr- people in the chat room want to drink wine in an effort to catch up with whiskey gary well good luck you sons of bitches yeah good luck we're not catching up <laughs> yeah it's not gonna happen uh so wrestler dad with nick Aldis was next i believe and uh i we, we got to talk to the champ about this very thing and uh i don't know i well i'm gonna say the thing you guys don't expect out of me right now and, and considering the lateness of the hour and everything else but uh i actually like this segment a lot and it was from the fact that nick aldis told the story about uh when he thought his tag team partner was gone and that it was because he had to team with someone else because Nick, uh, for, because Sting requested Nick Aldis to be his opponent, and then he told his son, "Sometimes, even when everything seems to be against you, it's just because it's aligning for you." And uh, I loved this. I, I loved. And it. I was I'm like, like, "God bless it, you son of a 
bitch. I love, <laughs> like, I love the, I love the paradox of him like pouring his heart out and then cut to the cat just like looking at the wall and then, you know, his his son staring at his at his tablet and then the dog just staring off at in the distance and he's just talking to nobody. I thought it was just, but like it was such a great story. It was such an inspirational story and it was just like, I, I love that that dynamic i'm a, I'm a uh late 20s do we establish that late 20s late 20s dude <laughs> late 20s dude <laughs> and uh it's not true but uh it hit me like i was just like boom that's it that's the kind of stuff i love like i love like those kind of stories nick Aldis is killing it that's hidden amongst all of the stuff there the obviously funny stuff that's going on uh there is a legitimate good story and like what you would want to pass down to your kid like a legit story you'd want to it's like everything's against you it's just because it's lining up to work for you like it, it just it was nice i enjoyed it what'd you think rob man uh, i saw for a second i thought you were gonna be like you guys are gonna be surprised because i hated this i i knew you loved it i we, of course you loved it we this was the this was my favorite segment of the night and uh and I think because, and, and Will might concur here, we can identify with this where there's like this moment where we're pouring our heart out and we're sharing it and it's just kind of going over their heads. And those moments, those come and go, but I just, I think back, you know, on a trip that Tanya and I were on a, a few years ago and I'm, I, 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 I'll preface it by saying this, I've become much more emotional like the older I get back in my military days. I wasn't an emotional person and, and that was a weakness. And now I feel like I've become much more sensitive and all that. And we were on the beach in uh, Tulum, Mexico, and I was reading a book and uh, there was something in this book that just moved me. Like I, I, I was trying to share it with Tanya and as I was sharing it with her, I was starting to get choked up and that doesn't happen very often. It happens more now than it ever has, but uh, um, it just like went completely over her head. And so I'm seeing Nick, you know, pour this amazing story out to his dog and cat and, and to Donovan, his amazing son. And they're just aloof to it, but he's, he's out there just pouring out this amazing story. And everyone who's been a dad identifies with that, man. It was, this was my favorite Absolutely. segment of the night. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I, and I, I, I would imagine Rob, you and I are the same. I mean, I, I am not a teacher, but I love teaching. Like I love, you know, educating people about stuff. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it can become a little luxury. Um, to me, that's not a put down because I like I like lectures. Um, but you know, I'll be talking to my 11 year old, and I'll I'll be in my mind like imparting some great wisdom to him on you know how to become a great young man, um, and he'll be you know attentively listening, and then I'll get done, and he'll just be like, Dad, you know, I really like Nutella, <laughs> and I'm just like were you listening you know i was teaching you a lesson right uh, so, yeah, absolutely. That, those are some of the amazing parts about being humans though because some of the things that like and you know I, i'm not naive some of the things that really like motivate and impress my wife they don't weigh on me as heavily as they do on her and she'll share some things and i do the same thing so i, I i'm not under any illusion this is just a one-way thing but uh but I just, I was listening to this and I was placing, like I was hearing this. And I was like, man, I have been in that same spot. I remember being on that beach, pouring my heart out, like thinking my wife is going to just embrace me and like shower me with this affection. And she's like, oh, will you pass the, uh, pass the cranberry juice? 
<laughs> you know, it was great. I love that spot, man. And, and just but too, because just in a previous cast session, we were talking about Nick Aldis and Sting and his relationship and history with him. And, uh, you know, there was some debate about how many people Sting has ever tapped out to. And I think we arrived at the conclusion that there were, we thought there were two. And we, through our research, we found out there were three. Uh, right. Nick Aldis, uh, 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 Kurt well, Angle. Sting, and- Kurt Angle, and Bret Hart. Is Bret, Bret Hart. Hart. That tapped out yeah. Sting, yeah. 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 So that, that was kind of neat because he he has an amazing history with Sting. So I, lo- I love that. I love the history like you were talking about earlier when Nick was on. I, I think the perfect end cap on, on that whole thing was like Donovan popping in on the chat tonight and just oh, letting him know that he farted. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, could not, like he... The, the, the rare occasion that you get a chance to see the champ like slightly embarrassed. <laughs> it's like, what? No, wait, what's happening? And I mean, it's technically, like, no. technically, human. That, this technically, is it. That means we had two talents from tonight's Carnyland on the show tonight. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, Donovan was featured on Carnyland tonight. He doesn't even know it yet, but he was a star. Uh, the uh, next thing up was. It, in these uncertain times, Josephus uh, uh, <laughs> showing his uh, 16 by 16 rooms that you can get at the CBNB, the Spiritual Development Center. Um, clearly, they are uh, storage units. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Good for Josephus. Uh, the best idea I ever heard was somebody on chat. I think it was Jason Cayley. Honestly, we were talking about a fantasy Island reboot where Josephus is like the main guy and dressed pretty much like he is right now. Just like welcoming people to the fantasy Island. Uh, you would have like quarantined Barry, like, like uh, doing the boss to play to play thing or something. But uh I love the Josephus segments, man. And, and I feel like every time I watch them, I feel like there's some, a lot of stuff I'm not getting because Josephus is so intelligent. Uh, you guys need to go back. I, we pushed this on a previous episode. Go back, back to the Kingdom of Josephus uh, YouTube page, and you will find out that you know Preacher Josephus and Sailor Josephus are not new. These have been features of his character development. Um and uh, I like the fact that uh, he called it CBNB and not Airbnb with that whole uh, uh, that whole maritime connotation there. When I was in the military, in, in three of my uh, several major deployments, I slept in a in a shipping container. We call them connexes. I slept in them for months on end, and you know they can be they're, they're livable. Uh, but I also like the fact that he calls it the Josephus CBNB and spiritual meditation center i was i was concerned for a while that maybe his character was was sort of evolving away from the kingdom element but the fact that he alluded to a spiritual meditation center uh makes me think that maybe we've not seen the end of the kingdom of josephus and the the, the, uh the spiritual advisor and the enlightened one and all that because i really love that angle i think that's one of the most enlightening things i've really wanted to spend some time 
like collecting his teachings uh, from 10 pounds of uh, gold and putting them out as like a daily devotional type thing, man, because uh, I, I think he's so, so, so good. I feel like Josephus is the hands down most creative person in the NWA. I don't think that there's, I think that you should totally hang on to that. And uh, that, that should be a thing. I, I think that Josephus is going to be one of those things that maybe they thought they were moving on from and that they're not really ever going to move on from. Like Josephus is just, he's part of the NWA lore. I, I don't know. I feel like they've tried to escape him a few times, but he, he just won't. Uh, people love Josephus. It's, it's just a fact. And uh, I, I think they get that with, with this part. We get to see Josephus doing his thing, but uh I want to see him back in the storylines. I actually, nobody wants my storyline ideas, but I have ways to bring Josephus back. That would be beneficial. They all involve the spiritual advisor, who I think is super high. Oh, my gosh. No, you're absolutely right. I think the spiritual <laughs> advisor is hot. <laughs> and I don't mind. I don't mean to like trigger my senses on board. <laughs> man, I'm in board. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I and, and, you're just getting to know the spiritual advisor. I don't know how far you are on 10 pounds of gold yet, but she is, I, I think this girl, and I don't mean to, I know we have to be careful about what we say these days. I'm not trying to demean. Oh, nobody has to be careful. Go ahead. Anybody, but I think the freaking spiritual advisor is sexy than a mug. That's what we say in this house, than a mug. This girl is freaking sexy. So, so, so what Piper says? No, nah, this is in the day after dark, so she, she doesn't hear this. <laughs> She's like, I think Ryan Gosling sexier than a mug. That's what Tanya said. She loves some Ryan Gosling. Uh, and I, I, I would love to see, and this is like what you're saying, Gary. I think the NWA, more than any other promotion, is sensitive to what the fans want. And it's like when we were talking with Nick, you know, if, if, the, cheer, if the fans are going to cheer Nick, He's not going to be frustrated by that. The bottom line is the fans invented the question mark. They threw it out there as a random thing. The fans caught on. Next thing you know, it was it was a it was a big thing. It was a big deal. And this the Josephus is something that the fans are going to require of David Lagana and Billy Corgan. And I can't wait to see more of them. And I love these segments. WWE front row in the chat is saying the Tuesday night advisor. Like God help us if we can make that a thing. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the Tuesday night oh, advisor. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, I would oh. be honest with you. I would have gone off the rails much, much sooner if your daughter was like, staring me in the eyes every time you talk. <laughs> like, she's like, right Hold on. I got you, bro. I got you. I got <laughs> so you. I'm like, oh, Piper, I have to be, I have to be gentlemanly. <laughs> Hold on, I'll fix that. I didn't even think about that, bro. <laughs> just, you gotta get just after, give it to hell, Rob. You got to get an after dark background. It can't be that one. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still so disappointed that Will like hogs these like badass backgrounds like you got right now. Like that should be everybody's background, and I don't know why you've just got it. Like that's a that's ask. an awesome background. You never ask, man. Well, hook me up every time, and also you're making the thumbnail for this three hour video. Just for I assumed I would be. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I talked to Will basically about the three, the three hours or however long these live chats go. And he was like, we're making them for a certain people. And it's the people that are watching live. 
that are doing that there are people watching live that are talking that that aren't talking besides front row and whatever <laughs> one of them is apparently zicky dice who's playing poker and losing his ass so congratulations zicky <laughs> hope things have turned around for you <laughs> all right the next up is uh mongrovia unmasked so we went right from a Josephus to a question mark segment, which isn't lies because people might make weird connections. But uh, Mongrovia Unmasked, Geography Part 2. What? I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what do you mean? But I'm the whiskey talking. So. Uh, let's talk about the no answer C. Uh, and uh, if you go there, you got to bring peroxide, dental floss, and uh, electrical tape. Not sure what that's about, uh, but they do mention uh, Mask Island, which I talked about last week, and I am a big fan of uh, Left Eye Lake, so that's my favorite spot. I hear that that's where all the parties happen. More of a nose lake guy myself, but yeah, to each his own. Sure, I mean, well, you know, you gotta you gotta go where you're gonna go, but I'm just saying, if you're gonna take a trip to Mongrovia, at least set aside a weekend for Left Eye Lake. This Solid is advice. the only bit of content that we have seen previously. And I imagine there, there's been a third episode on commerce. It's already been released by Aaron Stevens. Then they mysteriously stopped doing that. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're saving these now for Carnyland. Um, Rob, this but, is, uh, this is uh, not, not to, to interrupt you too much, but I, I, this, was, this was the interesting part that I was mentioning last week but because it felt like they were taking these, these things that uh, Aaron and question mark we're already doing and uh they they added them to carny land but it's like camille stuff hasn't been added so that that was i i didn't well, clarify that as much last week but that was that was part of my thing too is i was like well camille's making a lot of content too and you're not like throwing it in sure i i think that has to do with the, the, this being carny land you're going to look for more of the peculiar the curiosity features of uh, of the, the wrestling life and and what what surrounds the NWA, so you're not going to see the the Nick Aldis, you know, suit unpacking. That's more conventional stuff. And and Camille's content is fabulous. I love it, man. But it's it's more conventional. It's less curious unless you're doing the voiceovers and that kind of thing. And you know, she's got voiceovers with like Ricky Starks and Zeke Dice and all that. That would that would probably fit into this. And maybe we'll see that. But uh, uh, my my thing is that. Um, if, if you follow the Kingdom of Josephus content, this stuff is so much in line with stuff he's already placed on YouTube before it, for the last two years. Uh, he clearly has a creative behind uh, a creative hand behind this. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming as a producer, not that Josephus and Question Mark are the same person. Uh, but um, what this is, uh, yeah, because that's ridiculous. What? But uh, why do but, people say uh, things like that? Yeah, but it's just like this stuff is so curious and uh, and peculiar that it fits perfectly and i think that the whoever the creators of mongrovia unmasked are i think david lagana and billy corgan looked and said man this is some of the most creative stuff out there some of those you know weirdest nostalgic kind of 80s niche kind of it's just all kinds like a plato's closet full of imagery and, and stories and they throw it in there and uh what i like best about it was that we found out that mask island which is over five million years old is the birthplace of karate uh, which we did not know until a few weeks ago but was reprised here tonight so 
Very interesting. And there was really dinosaurs. What? Wait, what? And there was dinosaurs there doing karate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Massive, you'll see massive like mosquitoes and velociraptors, and it's crazy. I will say this for Legata and everybody else. They didn't count on somebody like Stinson who's going to write like history books based on this. So. I love one of my one of my favorite things is you know Rob can be so serious about like so many things but then he is like the biggest proponent of like this off the wall zany <laughs> stuff like it's like I can't there's like no middle ground you're either like way over here or like you're way over here it's, I, I love it <laughs> that well, is I mean, a really good point like Rob is like all in on a blink and then like let's let's talk for real about this dude and if eli drake wants to drop a show i will i will fucking rail on that thing but <laughs> you want to talk about question mark and, and will as you're I'm as more you're of a like older, nose island guy right as your son gets older, <laughs> older you'll see this i mean for me it should be this show should be palatable for the family and the question mark stuff is something that just like piper like swallows it up man she's like drawing her own little versions of the map and stuff and to me it's like there's something about that that's very endearing and and but at the same point you know i want her to learn and be educated so uh you know there's no it's not a contradiction for me well one of the things that like i, I got caught up in too that i really enjoyed this time around was the next segment which was strictly business like actually having a zoom chat and uh, it was Tava Camille hanging out on their couch and Royce in a different area and Nick Aldis in one area. And they're kind of pissed off about the, the fact that there's this uh, controversy, there's a conspiracy going on. What's the rumor? What's what's happening? Yada, yada, yada. But it was just nice to see them, for me, maintain that those guys still talk to each other, I think, because it had been kind of, it had been a while. You'd seen Tava Camille, that's fine. Uh, you hadn't seen much from Royce until this episode, and Nick's doing his own thing, but it was just nice seeing that, like, maybe they have their, like, I don't know what that was. Uh, uh, they have, <laughs> I don't, oh, this is the problem with NWA late night because, like, <laughs> Will and I are both like, I don't know, and Rob's just like, <laughs> good assessment that was a good assessment gary thank you and gary's just uh, like this yeah at one point nick nick all this refers to uh, uh <laughs> <organize>. <laughs> okay. so uh, all right never mind I won't say no no <laughs> this is necessary he's giving a shit it's, i'm <laughs> laughing at myself as much as anything like i'm just like all right <laughs> it just got awkwardly silenced man so i was like well maybe maybe you know curious do, do you, curious doctor <laughs> i don't know what you want to say you, you like refer to him as doctor and i'm supposed to jump in no i don't think so like that's not how <gasps> this works dr stinson goes first he refers to uh, nick always refers to nick uh to william patrick Corgan as we are working for a complete lunatic. Yeah. And they uh, they talk about conspiracy theories. And uh, so 
my first thing was like, I, I see it and I don't, I don't have any fear of this. I'm like, man, I hope they're not building this into an evil, you know, Vince McMahon angle or anything like that. Yeah, that was concerning to me as well. Um, I don't think they will just because that just does not seem at all. It doesn't seem like, first of all, anything that Corgan wants to do, whatever want to do. He just doesn't like he I think he's absolutely comfortable in his role as a rock star and, you know, owning a wrestling company as like a dream. I don't think he has really any desire to be an on screen character or he would because he could if he wanted to. And this would be the perfect time for him to do that. And he's not. So I don't think I don't think you have to worry about, you know, seeing Corgan as a as a McMahon figure. It's kind of strange because I mean that the only time we've seen Corgan on camera really, and he's he's a uh, he's got a place in the live shows, like when you go to watch a studio recording, but he only has shown up in NWA Power the one time when it was Ricky Morton versus Nick Aldis, and I think that was a combination of things. I feel like that might have been around the time that Joe Galley was also having the uh, issues with laryngitis or something like that, but. Also, it was just like, oh, this is a cool passing of the torch moment. I feel like he considered, um, you know, just like this old school and modern day. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I think that Billy Corgan knows who Billy Corgan is. And I think that he's very much involved in his music endeavors. But like with the wrestling world, he, he looks at it as though, like, let's let the wrestlers be wrestlers and and them take center stage in this situation so but i think um, he's stepping up during this time because he does know he does have the the wisdom to know that in a time like this where things are kind of up in the air we do need that stability and seeing him and him addressing us really has given it um that kind of the strength that it's needed well well well, i said i said that just only as in the aspect of him becoming like the evil GM, right? Like Vince McMahon or something. I don't think that that's like his thing. Like maybe he's there just like, I own this thing. Let me give you some understanding of where my head's at, but right. not like, you know, I'm trying to bury Nick Aldis and I'll get him next time or any of that <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think that's it. All right. So, so here's a big one. Uh, which is too late to dive into probably, but here we are outside Carly Cardi land. Uh, I wrote that. I guess that was the thing they said. Tom Segura. They mentioned Tom Segura and they have Eli Drake and he's playing Pierre Le Pew and he's like talking some trash about gardeners. So in our after chat, and I think Dave Logano was super proud of this. It was my favorite one of the night. That was my number one that I referenced earlier. This, this okay. Spot. Okay. So this was your number one. I, I just want to throw it to you then. Talk about it. Why was it your number one? Uh, well, because on, I believe, the very first episode of Hey, It's Will Daily, I covered the Tom Segura comment and the aftermath. Um, so on a personal level, it was a little bit cool to see that they were uh, poking fun at that and addressing that um i just i thought it was hilarious and i don't know if you saw on twitter but they shared it and they tagged him and tom segura retweeted it um 
and hey, that's more publicity for the NWA. So I, I'm fine with it. Um, but I just love that they were gutsy enough to put something like that out there and they weren't total tools about it. Um, but at the same time, they kind of did put it in the light of like, you see how absurd this really was, Tom, that you would like attack someone for something they like you know oh gardeners you know it was just I, I thought it was I thought it was a hilarious way to not be um completely rude and and stuff but just to show the absurdity of the situation that that was kind of my takeaway and I thought Eli Drake was was hilarious in that in that character um and that was fun to see did you guys fall asleep or <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, I was like I Rob jump ahead of there. Yeah, uh, I didn't hate this at all. My favorite line uh, I jotted down was he said, uh, "Boom, you has the shrub." <laughs> I got a chuckle <laughs> out of that. So, uh, the Pierre Le Pew thing—it's—it's—it's it's, it's something I think might be able to grow on me. So it was cool. It was cool. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't take too much from it except that it was interesting to see them attack Tom Segura directly. I did not know about what Will was talking about with the uh, direct attack or, or uh, the retweet and like they directed it to him and he RT'd it or any of that stuff. That was That's interesting. Um, Logano was pretty proud of it. I, I distinctly remember him talking about him and Eli were, were proud of it. I, I don't know. I, I wrote the Tom Segura comments off way early, so – none of it mattered too much to me so it's interesting to see what other people thought besides myself because i was just kind of like hey this guy i don't know i don't know what else to tell you um wade barrett loves little ben i definitely put that next he was real happy with little ben uh little ben was about to take what Stu bennett why did I keep writing Wade Barrett on all my side? <laughs> that's here's the tricky part is that's not even that's not even like whiskey Gary. That's not whiskey. That, that's Gary, like man. what I wrote in my notes. I wrote Wade Barrett. <laughs> you gotta get with it, man. No, I, I actually I'm actually embarrassed by that because I like Stu Bennett. Good dude. All right. Well, uh, William Patrick Corgan shows up. He addresses the rumors. And uh, the rumors turn out to be there will be a first mayor of Carneyland. It's going to be Gary. It's going to be you, Gary. Doubt it. Not after this. Not after all of this. Oh, or because of this. (laughs) Think about it. I won't. <laughs> not if not if Stu Bennett has a vote. I know. God, Stu, I'm so sorry. I don't know what was happening there. I I kept writing Wade Barrett on every one of my notes, and I've been pretty solid on Stu Bennett. Like I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like I like Stu Bennett a lot. He's like my favorite segment was the one with Rick Aldis. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't wait till they introduce Rick Aldis. 
<laughs> it's gonna get crazy this <laughs> well we're called to show up <laughs> it's our podcast man definitely <laughs> like nick gets blown up in a car bob and then like rick all this shows up <laughs> he starts like seducing mickey y'all just wait it's gonna be good thanks for tuning in everyone i'm just watching that number drop drop off in the live chat. oh we just picked one up oh yeah. i'm glad somebody's monitoring it i i stopped i don't know man y'all just like talk shit about whiskey gary and then you want him and then here he is what's up baby <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't know the next day, the next day we are I, I think i think i feel like nick covered that earlier like the fans don't know what they want we don't know we think we want whiskey gary we don't know yeah then you're like eh, whiskey gary's got a box just not a fan can't blame me if wife's not i was like how the next day we get that uh, that text from gary that's like hey guys about last night <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, we we made you do it <laughs> we wanted it well at least we thought we did you push we push for it <laughs> uh, this is authentic anyway rick aldis looks just like hugh jackson says <laughs> oh that guy he's gonna be a guest one week they can't all be nick aldis i'll tell you that right up front I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, really, like, where do we go now? I mean, I think the first one we did, we had Lagana, and now we've had, you know, the champ. Like, what do you know? Well, well, we to, to be fair, we went Lagana, then we went Jason Cayley, and then we went. True. Then we, we went Nick Aldis. I'd put him up there with the greats. He's in there too, man. He's don't sleep on on J Cal. No, no, no. I'm not saying sleep on Jake Cal. I'm just saying, I mean, it wasn't just all like NWA, like up front and center superstars. You know who my goal is now after this week is Allison Wade Barrett. K. That's Ooh, Allison K. Barrett. <laughs> or Wade Barrett. <laughs> no, my goal is uh, Allison K and Marty Bell. Those are the two I want. I want them to join us for like a Tuesday night after Cardi land discussion just like shooting the shit that's what That'd we got that's great well you've got a relationship with her so that'd be cool who may valentine yeah well may valentine she'd be fun she'd probably be easier because she is west coast time so yeah. you know you would be like striking up a conversation whether it be like hey can you like try to get zoom ready at 9 30 in the evening they're in Bye. quarantine i i feel like everything i say will is just like staring at me from this <laughs> he's just like staring at me and i don't know what to say i don't know i think it's time to wrap this thing up probably if i had to guess guys and it will <laughs> you will i hate you so much i love you and i I'm hate just, you i'm so trying much. to be supportive i was agreeing with you i was like yeah sure why not you know oh my god 
Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you've been here for this entire live chat, I felt less guilty about it. Just, just for the record, I felt less guilty about us going forever and talking and eventually turning into Whiskey Gary after the important interview, which was not these guys. Uh, I felt better about it because Will was like, no, Tuesday nights are live chat night. We talk to the live chat guests. We have other things for like everybody else. And uh, so I think we've accomplished that. Thank you all, whoever you are watching, the people that watch and don't communicate. I hope you at least hit like. I hope you've subscribed. I that'd be great. WWE front row. I know you're out there on your patio smoking a cigar. I know what you do. I see you. Turbo. I hope uh you have a wonderful evening. He is at least by my last count, seven shots in. Ooh. And uh He's crowd turbo tonight. Each I'm dead. So I feel like he, he surpassed the seven shots, but Hey, turbo. Thank you so much, man. And uh, thank you. Thank everybody for listening. Uh, it's at the NWA pod on all the social media and uh, hit subscribe. If you haven't already, if you hit the bell, it alerts you whenever we go live turbo, take one more shot as will and our Stinson tell you where to find them. Of the social, yeah. You can find me at Hans Will at Hans Will with one L, right there. There you I go. Have R Stinson four on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube at Stinson Vision. But I upload all my stuff now these days to uh, to this is the NWA podcast. So uh, um, so you can find me there at this is the NWA for the NWA pod. We are thankful for that. Uh, Rob just uploaded a new Stinson video, uh, Stinson Vision video up with uh, he and Tanya doing some hey. quizzical stuff. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, WWE Front Row says, thanks, Will, and our Stinson. No thanks to me. So, you know. <laughs> oh, no, no, he did. Thanks, Blurry Whiskey Gary, before that. But There you go. <laughs> I love uh, Aldis calling out my ego. Thank you, Aldis. You made me self-conscious. So can't get a big head with people like that you're dealing with every day. Uh, we love you guys, legitimately. Like, we're just trying to build up watch time and friends and family, part of the hashtag NWA fam. If for some reason you're watching right now, uh, hope you're following along and hope you want to be on this journey with us as we try to help raise awareness for the NWA. And until next week, thanks for listening.